There we go. I'll see you. Hi, I'm Eagle. Eagle Gardens. Eagle Gardens 1. And this is fucking talking shit with Eagle. Episode 19 featuring Tanase's Gardens. This is a fucking pleasure for me. I have been a fan of this guy for uh, quite some time now. He's been a long time weed nerd. And I'm not afraid to say he uh, jumped over me in that uh, tester circle a little bit. Of course, you can find him everywhere. His awesome Instagram, Embracing Organics. You can find him on the Dude Grow Show. Uh, And here, of course, tonight, uh, this is fucking amazing. I can't wait to uh, get to talking with him. Tanase's Gardens. How are you doing tonight? Thank you, man. Man, much love, dude. I'm glad to be here, dude. This is great, bro. And man, following me, I've been following you just as long, I believe, dude, with the weed nerd scene and stuff, being a tester and all. But yeah, man, this is fun shit, dude. I'm glad to be out here and uh, spread the word on some psychedelics, dude. I got a little mushroom grow kit company I've started up out here in Denver. And actually, I was going to say earlier, I can, we'll probably say this a couple of times, but I was trying to pull up the chat here for a second. Bam, see, I knew I was going to have to pause that. So I I want to see everybody in chat as well. But uh, I got a coupon code. For the Sacred Three Mushroom Grow Kits. Have you seen those yet? Have we talked about those? I have seen them, but let's talk about them. Let's get that out there. Right on. So everybody's in the growing their own mushrooms and whatnot. So I put out, I got Sacred Three Mushrooms. Place to look in here. And we got grow kits that we can, you have to supply your own spores. You know, grow anything you want. You got some gourmets, oysters, whatever not. I got a spore or a list of spores on the website there. I dropped the link there. And you can buy any type of spores you want and then use it with the kits and then grow your own mushrooms from home. And I'm putting up how-to videos and stuff on YouTube. And I got an Instagram as well that goes along with that. And if you use, I'm going to put a coupon code in for Eagle. And you get 10% off your orders. Oh, nice. And that will stay up there forever, man. So you can use that for this company as well. Oh, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I like saving people money. And if uh, I can help out as a great person like yourself, I'm happy to plug it, brother. Happy to plug it. Yeah, man. That's so cool. let's tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you coming from? Where, uh, where, where are you from? So I grew up in Tennessee, southeast Tennessee, in the base of the Appalachians. And, you know, just running through the rivers and the trails of the Appalachians and white whitewater rafting and stuff. And that's just how I grew up. Then I kind of ran away to the military, man. I went and served uh, three and a half years in the 82nd Airborne. Did my one tour of Iraq and then uh, kind of got in trouble when I came back and then found out ptsd and whatnot dude that's kind of why i've moved into the psychedelic realm and marijuana and stuff because i've seen the benefits of how it can help me and my army buddies just doing it and long story short though i went to prison pretty much 60 day or a year after being back from iraq and fucking spent a year in federal prison and i got out 
And I kind of just, uh, I was at a bad time, bro. Went back to Tennessee and shit. Didn't have really fucking anything. And uh, just got lucky. My uncle says, hey, man, come down to this fab shop. Going to do some welding. So I learned how to weld and stuff. Then we're welding on combustors for the oil fields and whatnot. Got that job led me into uh, getting work in the oil fields in North Dakota. And then the oil fields in Colorado eventually after that. So that kind of just moved me down here. I didn't, when I moved to Colorado for oil, I didn't even know weed was legal, bro. That's how far out of the scene I was of all that. So, and then being in Colorado and Denver, seeing the weed scene explode, I kind of just embraced it, you know, and that's my path I've chose because I saw how the dabs with the marijuana helped me and helped my friends. And then now with the psychedelic realms coming aboard and other plant medicines, those are, there's something about the plant medicines, man, to help people's psyches and whatnot, so... I agree. I agree. For some reason, out of that list of stuff, man, the military, for some reason, just uh, doesn't seem like a fit for you. You seem like a, a free spirit. It seems like uh, you'd be a tough one to tame in a military setting. Well, uh, how was that for you? I was nice, man. I enjoyed it. I, uh, I, wasn't, I was the hippie of the troop, for sure. But I don't know, I was angry as well, man. I just uh, didn't like being at the place I was growing up. I knew there was something better for me. So I kind of just took off the 82nd or the military as like the, that's the fastest way to get out. You know, especially when you got girlfriends breaking up. It's like, man, I want to leave so bad. You want you get angry. But small. 82nd was nice, man. Small towns can be. Definitely small, small towns, towns for be. sure. So I just didn't like the living around the small town shit, like you're saying, dude. And I just wanted out. So 82nd was nice for me, man. I learned a lot real fast as a young adult. And uh, yeah, man. Um, I don't know what to really say about the 82nd. It was a hard, hard fucking time when I was first there, dude. It was, uh, it was a bad times in my life. Uh, but the best times of my life I can say that went through the most shit with some of the best people and some of the best times the most the most awesome experiences I could never ever ever see that shit again you know right yeah much respect to you for that man uh, you know it takes uh, a lot of a big person to go out there and do that shit so hands off to you and thank you for your service but uh, let's first let's push on a little bit to the happier sides of the story. Uh, so second psychedelics, you want to tip into the the cannabis side before we get to the the funner side. Uh, sure, and don't sure. me enter me. We'll talk. Yeah. Speaking uh, of which, man, it's about time for a dab right here, right? I got my dab down. You take that dab. I was, I knew I should have had some ready, but I failed to prepare for the dabs. But I got a big fat fatty here, so I'll yeah, pump along you. while you're hitting that dab. I seen you. But I encourage the people up. in uh, chat and watching along to please uh, puff on that fatty or take that dab. Sure. Yeah, this is a. Uh, 
I've been looking very forward to this ever since you agreed to this. I was like, hell yeah. And then as I've been watching more and more of the Embracing Organic show there, I'm like, oh yeah, this this will be fun. So uh, when did exactly did you start growing there? And uh, So I started uh, growing around 2014, really. I've never really grown wheat before until 2014. Then uh, I found the, my buddy told me about check out the subcool the weed nerd. I'm like, who the hell is that? So checked him out, man. Fucking saw what he was about, and I was like, what the fuck? So I literally sat there every day, bro. Cause I was I didn't have shit doing. I was on fucking oilfield was going down the shit and there's laying people off so i had nothing going on and uh so i just sat there with a notebook bro just taking notes on all the fucking knowledge that was dropped and you know you don't always get all the knowledge but you watch a fucking hour you might get five minutes of knowledge somewhere hidden in there you know from just a conversation so i would just pick that apart bro and i just learned fast as hell within months i expanded my fucking growth i don't know it was, an, I was no longer a novice, that's for sure. Then, uh, yeah, you definitely uh, compiling through there. I mean, I remember seeing some fire pictures of your strains you were growing and uh, spat ass buds. You came in, you came into the scene strong, that's for sure. And, I had a lot of heart for uh, it, it, man. Thanks to of, see it. Yeah, I had a lot of heart, passion for it. You could like, tell. I knew it was something that I was going to do the rest of my life. You know, it's like, this is what I should have been doing way back when. But I never, for me, so me growing up, I never encountered a fucking grow or do that grew weed or anything. You know, the only fucking weed or anything I saw on the street was someone selling me a bag. So I never was ever introduced to like a weed growing scene growing up. So well, I probably would have fell into it even sooner than I did. But... My grandparents were farmers and whatnot, but, you know, I don't, they never told me they grew weed. <laughs> but. Well, it seemed to come very natural to you, that's for sure. And uh, so I see you're uh, growing uh, the American ones, Ophelia. How are you liking that? These girls are strong. That's what I just loaded the uh, budroom up with. And these girls are fat and round. I just put up a video on Tanasi Gardens YouTube. I just do like, so you got the top nodes that run up and I just pick off the leaves off that top node that shoot up and it keeps them squatty and they're fucking round. They're like a little planet with a little stick holding them up. And I just flipped those to flower two days ago. So I'm excited to see what these dudes come out with these ladies. Because there's something about us, that first seed run, you know. It's, there's just so much fatter and girthier of a stock that you can't beat on that seed room. I just actually did the Godivas as well. I found two keepers out of that, and I've been slacking on putting up photos on Instagram on that. But they, Ooh, they tell me about things. I just dropped it like yesterday. Uh, I dropped six of those. Uh, so mm. tell me what you got with the Godiva. So the, they're really tall. They're not tall, but like stacked. Everything looked like it was single cola all the way down. I'd room in five gallons because so they know what they'd become. Then uh, 
everything's tight, nodes and everything, very leafy. There are uh, some of the phenos are super leafy. Then uh, the one pheno I got, I actually freeze dried it and it's got like a sweet smell to it. It didn't come out like a cheese or anything. It's like a, a sweet pine. It's very unique. I like it. I've been doing, so I've been, I got a freeze dryer. I've been following Pedro and whatnot with his freeze dryer and how to make the best hash and stuff. And I've been playing around with freeze dried buds. So I've taken some of my harvest and I'll put it and load it in the freeze dryer. And then it's fucking, I love it as a, cause I just smoke dabs all the time. So for me to smoke flour, I taste like the chlorophyll and shit, man. It's like, um, I'm just so used to concentrate the purities and the taste and whatnot. So when I first did the freeze dry, I'm like, hell yeah, man, this shit's fucking great. It doesn't have the chlorophyll taste. It fucking tastes like fucking really good and flavorful and it like breaks up real fine. Then, but I mean, everything about it's nice. And I've been doing a lot of research. This cryo cure company is actually selling humongous freeze dryers to do this. And there, it doesn't have any, uh, degradation of like the thc and so everything's just pristine and it's fucking amazing then uh only downside to that though you're gonna lose your goddamn weight so say you usually get five pounds out of a fucking light you know or a little run i lot you're gonna lose fucking three to four of that three and a half probably and like so i've had conversations (laughs) it's a lot now i've had conversations with people say so what's what's the freeze dryer taking out of the normal dryer but that's not because uh this one chick said that she actually had her weed go and get tested and it comes back with zero water h2o or whatnot no moisture so if there's no water weight in that bud what makes your tent dryer bud so heavy as opposed to this freeze-dried bud, which is way bigger. So you know how a normal sandwich bag, if you put an ounce in there, it might be three quarters full, maybe on some big buds. An ounce in a freeze-dried bag, you're stuffing that dude and breaking buds up to like get that dude zipped. It's like a humongous little fat pillow. So the eye appeals there. Hmm. That's great for, you know, getting out the door if you need to. But. I'll- the uh How's where's the, the weight going that's what i'm saying where's the, where's the weight going that's what i'm confused about in the freeze dryer because that's just not it's not like there's a little bit of light weight going there's a extreme like a lot over 50 percent if not 50 any thoughts on you yeah, about that man selling me yeah i don't no, know uh, I'm not, I haven't played with the freeze dryer much. I'm not there yet. I'm not really sold on it. Uh, if I was making nothing but, uh, let me rephrase that. If I was making a lot of rosin, I could see the, the benefits of a freeze dryer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't yeah. have one. And to be honest, the, the hash I've had from one is just so reminiscent of a, a, a good dry sift than uh you know something i want to go out and pay that high dollar for for uh uh a freeze dryer but uh like if i were gonna like i said if i were just drying buds to uh break down for either bubble or uh 
depress them, then I could definitely want to take that speeding up the process. Uh, I would definitely utilize it in that way, I think. But uh, I don't know where all that weight goes. It must, it's got to be losing 100% of the water where most, most times we're leaving, what, up to 10% in there. Uh, most provisioning centers will take up 10%. So that's a substantial loss. I mean, you're not selling me at all on the freezer yeah. or anything. I was, already, I was already on the bad side, but once uh, I found out there's that much of a weight loss, I mean, plus when I've heard about it as well as um, in a long-term storage, uh, it, it, from what I've heard, again, not from my experience, just from what I've heard, from a, lot, a long time, like 90 days after being like stored in a package, that I've heard it kind of crumbles down a little bit more than uh, a normal dryer would. So that's a, just my opinion on the freeze dryer, but there's so much tech. I mean, every, there's so much tech to be learned and I'm not even there yet. So I'm not a good one to really <laughs> talk about the pluses or minuses of a freeze dryer, but you have one. I mean, what are the, the pluses that you found of uh, running it? You, with you found, you've told us the minus, the loss. Yeah, that's, with, found, the, that's you know, with the buds. That's with me just trying buds, you know, but with uh, I usually just use it for hash, same as like following Pedro's methods, you know. But uh, I've learned he's making that into a bubble hash and then a pressing it, correct? Mm-hmm. He's letting it uh, freeze dried buds, bubble hash, yes. and then pressing it. No, actually, he doesn't even so, freeze yeah. buds. It's just straight up. Uh, he, I want to say, he f dries his in a tent first and then washes it and then freeze dries the hash only. But I have seen, I mean, the hash or the buds that do come out, excuse me. If you did wash those buds, that would, I think that would, the cryo cure, someone else that was talking about it in chat, they talk on their website, it increases the yields when you're extracting it. Oh, I could, see, I could that. see Which I, you can see because it just can powder in your hand if you get it super dry. Well, I could definitely see that if you were going to have a bump, make a steady operation of bubble, I could see that being a plus. It's just, I don't know, uh, I guess it's a drier end of it. I like more of a greasy, I like to press it into temple balls and, you know, cannolis and stuff like that. So I'm not necessarily worried about a nice uh, beach sand or sifty looking, pretty, pretty hash. I'm more like a Frenchy cannoli kind of hash style guy. Myself. Temple ball. I don't do a lot of dabs. Yeah, I don't do a lot of dabs. I, I love dabs. Don't get me wrong. But if I have my choice, I would rather have uh, I got some right here. Nice thing of hash right there. And fucking, uh, you know, <clears throat> nice temple ball with a cheese grater. Nice little micro grater. You know, make it up. Nice, like almost like cheese. It's sprinkling in on a joint, like I just did on this bad boy. Yeah, that's the way I liked it, my hash. But I'm not opposed to dabs. I'll take it whatever I can get it. I'm just that's the way with me and my methods. You know what I have here with right now. So, right. I appreciate everybody's methods. When I go to the festivals and provisioning center, I'm like I'm still like a kid in a candy store. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. <laughs> so I I love it all. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, so what's your favorite there? How do you? What's your? Obviously you uh, you prefer dabs. Yep, for sure, man. That's what I have all day, every day. It's from the morning I wake up, or in the morning when I wake up. 
something about the devs do it for me man fucking adobe just don't hit me no more i gotta there's too much work i guess to get high as opposed to i can take that one big hit on that dab and i'm good i don't know Jesus, I, Genazi, I can't understand that <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know, everything, I'm harsh on my lungs, man, too, bro. I'm a little pussy sometimes when it comes to smoking, dude. I get, like, this little puff coat, dude, I don't even really use it that much because to clear, to put a little dab in here, dude, you're not getting it in one hit. You're getting it in, like, three to five hits. And so by the time I take that second hit, I'm already choked up. I can't be, like, I can't even finish it. So, I don't know, I take Can it you either. you rather take one big one off fast? Yeah, give me Take that big fast light. Yeah, just clear it on a spoon, bro, and just pew, slam. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I feel like that's where uh, it helps me the most, you know, because I have anger issues and whatnot, and things that bother me, man. Something about a big dab calm my ass down quick, dude, and I just can start instead of like reacting and being all frustrated and overwhelmed, it sits me back down and be like, hey, man. It's going to be fucking all right. Chill out. It's not too bad. Nice. Yeah. I see it as a super chill guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That surprised me a little bit. I get angry, though. Quick. I have a fire temper. (laughs) Yeah. That's where the micro doses, man, and helping with the all that. Man, I do micro dose of a point two. I was doing it when I was first doing the mushrooms and learned about them probably about three years ago now. I was doing them like every day, a point two. Then uh, I didn't. I stopped for a bit, a couple of months, and I saw how much it improved after doing it for so long. And then so I went back to doing it, and I noticed I didn't really need it every day. It's more like every two to three days I'll pop a microdose of a point two, take it in the morning. And then I'm good. It's like a little vitamin that just, I don't know how to describe how it just adjusts your attitude about life. It re, repositions your uh, your negativity or your fucking bullshit to the right path that you need to be going down or give you some type of thought on what, how to do that. I don't know. It's hard to describe what it might be. You ever experienced with... Like you said it. I, uh, yeah, not so much in a steady microdose, but I have steady, I have most definitely, uh, played with psychedelics and I'm a firm believer that, uh, even if you're not messing with a a microdose type type setting that, uh, it should be something that should be uh, ingested like once a year, just to, like you're saying, bring you back to center and, you know, uh, ground you, if you will, it helps you, you know, read reassess things in that little uh journey if you will so i'm a big advocate of at least once a year and i found it early on uh i think i started uh experimenting with lsd uh about 16 17 years old and i found that to be uh very true early on you know it, it found it helped me you know uh, clarify what what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about and uh, when things got too cloudy for me uh, it helped bring me right back and 
that's something I, I noted early on in my life. And as I, I mess with it more and more, uh, in particular with the mushrooms, I, I found to be very true. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I found uh, lately more looking into the subject, uh, that seems to be the rage, you know, on uh, with, uh, like say, uh, <clears throat> uh, the computer world and everything else like that. That's uh, what they're using to expand their minds is uh, daily fucking doses of uh, mushrooms. I've seen millionaires fucking on TV uh, taking some a little bit microdose with uh, orange juice and breakfast. And he's talking about, you know, I'm going to Wall Street. And this is, uh, I suggest this. I do this every day. It just, you know, helps me in a better mood and, you know, so yeah, I believe in it wholeheartedly. So let's talk about a little bit on how it's helped you with your more with your anxiety. And uh, can you suggest a regimen for somebody out there that may uh, uh, be looking to experiment with it a little bit? So I can just say from what I have done, and I feel like some people, everybody is going to have to find their own dosage you know so like my dose is around a point two maybe a point one five not even then the girlfriend dude she'll do a point five or point zero five so she's only doing like 50 milligrams which is actually what paul stamets recommends in his little nootropics is with some lion's mane and a 50 milligram dose of psilocybin and that works perfect for her that's not too overwhelming so i feel like for everybody's going to find their own what settles with them and here's another thing man because the the ones that are grown in the cow shit in texas are not the same ones that can come out of a someone's closet you know they're they can grow in their closet so your dosage will be different with each bag you get unless you know you're a farmer or if you're growing them yourself the way that you grow them because and the strains, dude. The strains could be different as well. So a penis envies, I won't take a point two of a penis envy. I might take like a point eight. There's uh and it's not that they're I don't know if they're that stronger is the word, or I guess it is if <laughs> we're talking about potency. But the way that I can describe it is so you got your golden teachers, penis envies, albino A pluses, and just whole different varieties, right? think of it as each one is a different type of strain okay now this different strain of thc right that this plant's going to have this much thc content this one's going to have this much concentrated thc within the plant so i feel like it's just amount of psilocybin within those different varieties of mushrooms so if you get a bag of penis envies they're not going to be the same as your golden teachers when you do your like your point ones or your so do you think it's uh the the amount of psilocybin in the mushroom or do you think it's more like an entourage effect of the mushroom just like a cannabis strain how the terpenes can vary a little bit do you think it's like i said the amount of psilocybin in the mushroom or do you think it's something a mix inside the mushroom itself that uh, yes takes you different places yes so the that's how the different cannabinoids work with the thc's the different people's chemicals in their heads same with the mushrooms this one's got this much psilocybin this one's got this much psilocin and they all become the same thing throughout eventually you know in your body 
but it's like in the beginning they might have different amounts of different levels of things and so your trips are different so you take some golden teachers you might have an uppity trippity like skipping through the woods trip you know as opposed to you eat a bag of penis sandwich you're gonna be laying on the fucking couch you know you're not gonna want to be up jumping nowhere but um yeah so to do micro doses i i've given to my grandmother man point ones she said she didn't feel nothing on it so <laughs> I mean, a point one is a good starter, I believe, for any dose, especially if you're any type of worried about doing that. Do it. I always so a micro dose to me is I take it in the morning. I'm not going to take, unless I'm going to an event. We talked, you asked me earlier about why I kind of do it. If I'm going to an event to get rid of the anxiety and like just being in public, because I have a thing with, I'm in a crowd of people. There's too many people in a crowd. I'm more concentrated on my head's on a swivel I'm looking around I can't really concentrate on one person and if I go to talk to you I can't hear any you're in front of me I can't hear anything you're saying to me because all I hear is this background chatter that is drowning you out and you're just like a deaf person talk or you're just deaf to me as I can't hear shit so I take a micro dose bro in a public situation it brings all that away it breaks those sheds that right off I'm fucking I'm peppy I'm talkative i'm energetic i'm socializing with people i'm able to give people my full concentration and conversate with you and like you know be more human as opposed to a little fucking freak out panic attack situation so back to the micro dose though so i'll do a point one point two i'll give my grandmother a point one uh, excuse me i was telling everybody a second <laughs> The uh, point one, if you take it on in the morning on a weekend where you have shit to do, I don't, it will never be overwhelming to the point where you're, you're never ever going to do mushrooms and you're so fucking scared, you're freaking out, you're going, you know, it's not going to happen. You might get anxiety and like a little overwhelming of that feeling, but it's not going to be to the, where you freak out and like, see crap and like how people have the voodoo on the mushroom you know <clears throat> it's not uh it's not like that i don't think uh, the micro dose is like that and i have to have a, you have to have a scale i think people who don't bring scales into it when they're doing micros is i don't know because you're not doing the same i think it's a little careless like you said because you're trying to even it out and you know make you know more of a medicine and it's hard to do find it to be a good cure if it's up and down up and down and you're just kind of eyeballing it like that right. and you you're can't really to, eyeball you know, it either because i've i've seen mushrooms that are as big as this my pinky and it weighed twice as much as a mushroom that's big as my thumb so to actually eyeball it is just kind of ridiculous to me because you can't because i've seen the variances in the weights all the time so let's speak to that a little bit. Would you say uh, potency changes in uh, the different sizes? Is one a big fat mushroom uh, going to be a whole lot stronger than a, a smaller cap? I don't, I feel like it's equal throughout the mushroom, the psil or the, the psilocybin, yeah. I don't feel like there's a potency more in the big ones than the small ones. I think it's all even throughout, but it's just the. This is where I like to talk about like 
ancient people and stuff and they would like hold like you have pictures of people holding one or two maybe three mushrooms in their hands and on your couple when you get big flushes on growing you'll get mushrooms on the second third flushes that are ginormous you know and i think those are the ones that they would be holding where yeah you eat two or three of these mushrooms you're going to break through a plane as opposed to eating little baby ones that's there's something to that it's it's all weight though it's not that this mushroom is bigger than this one smaller i feel like it's a scale and it's all weight and it's a little each trip is going to get you to the breakthrough point and i have a protocol for that because i feel like that's hard to reach not everybody breaks through a plane when they take mushrooms and they don't know they don't understand what they're doing most of the time when you're taking large doses and how it's a tool and if you use the tool correctly it'll open up a, a vision that you didn't know was there a door and i think a lot of people take their three four grams and they go out into the concert or they go out to the party you know or they try to sit down and watch tv or they're just distracted by life and that's not when you go to these realms of breakthroughs and like really deep diving into your mental health it's scary it's it's hard dude too it's fucking tough it's mentally tough physically tough because you're going and you're battling it's you the darkness and the mushroom nobody can help you you got you might have a friend there watching you and stuff but you can't they can't just sit there and talk to you out of this it's like a it's a trip that you go on and you have to fast i've only been able to do it by fasting i fast for 24 hours and weeks before this i've cleaned my diet up i try not to eat sugars and red meats no caffeine then the day of or the day before i'll fast for 24 hours then the day of i'll take it and make a tea and you take that tea and you go lay in your bed i'll take it towards the end of night so it's not sun coming through and stuff because you want i want to lay in that bed and i want to put a mask on and have maybe a playlist of some like shamanistic stuff that I have queued up but I'm going to just sit in that bed in the dark with that blindfold on and I'm going to disconnect my visual distraction and I'm going to use this sound that I have with the shamans singing to me like chanting to take away the visual or hearing sounds of distractions and when that happens to you'll break through this plane of where you're connected to this informational acacia record of information that you can sit here and think about all your imperfections. And I feel like this is where Paul Stamets, I think, talks about it. And uh, Kalindi Alili, I can't, uh, I'm going to butcher his fucking name. Kalindi Ali. he's taking like 30, 40 gram doses and he's talking about people being able to repair themselves and like being able to see. And this is where I feel this is where like Jesus and stuff would talk about. He can heal you with. And I feel like the mushrooms were involved back then as that was part of this uh, religion was mushrooms. And on these large doses, you know, I've, I've done 10 or 15 gram doses. And I've felt that as well, where you can kind of regenerate and repair yourself but pinpointing your imperfections and that's just on low that's a low dose i feel like compared to what they're doing and what they're talking about but 
and you're the the information you're connected to it's you can sit here and think about anything this is why if you do do go into big trips one thing have something wrote down that hey i want to answer these questions these are things that are on my mind that i want answered or just because when you're when you do connect to this universe you can sit here and think about things and everything just comes to you you know everything it's like all everything you've asked is is now being answered and it's just flowing through you and the information is just overwhelming and you're sitting there for three four hours able to do this and i don't know just the the benefit physically and mentally coming out of that is just amazing i just i don't know i think everybody should at least feel it once and yeah, like you're saying, this isn't something you're going to do fucking every fucking weekend. This isn't, you might do it fucking, I haven't done it in a year, over a year before since I've done that. A big dose. <clears throat> but you might need it once every five. Maybe you will do it once, never do it again. That's why, oh, I, and I agree. Um, that's the thing with the microdosing, uh, you know, on daily or every other daily basis, <clears throat> it's a good way to uh, uh, keep yourself with some clarity and some creativity and whatnot. Keep your mind uh, moving at its at its best. But um, like you said, the upper doses there, uh, they can be fun. Like you said, in a concert setting, I, you know, I, I've had. Uh, one of the best times I had, I seen Klutz last year and uh, it was a little nerve wracking. I lost my ticket beforehand. So the ride in was a little, uh, a little panicky, but once I got in and uh, it was a fucking awesome time, awesome fucking time, Klutz kicked ass and it was great. But in what? the same aspect, if you're going to use it for a medicine, then you kind of need to go the route like you, you're saying there, you kind of need to, uh, separate yourself from a lot of the bullshit and you really need to uh you know i haven't been as wise as you have i listened to your uh your method there and it i'm like oh yeah i can see some stuff that i should be doing here that makes perfect sense usually when you know for me it's more or less um being in the garden uh just more being by myself and uh letting it uh take me where it needs to be and that helps me out a lot center and uh just calm things it helps you know pull the anxiety back but then again uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be very adamant i guess about this because uh i've only told a few people about this and i guess since you're here and (laughs) we're on the subject and uh what the fuck right that's what it's about uh uh about Two years ago, I, uh, and this is the, the, the thing too, you have to have the correct mindset, I guess, uh, going into it. You can't, you, you have to be somewhat optimistic that you're going to go in because sometimes if you go too deep, it might make you look at yourself or things around you. Uh, it could be a bad ride, but it can be very informative. It just makes you, uh, look at yourself it can make sometimes make you look at yourself in a way you may not want to look at yourself and, uh, i had one of those you're right brother you're right and uh i had one of those experiences it was a you know on a higher dose but it's fortunately it wasn't one of those things uh 
it wasn't necessarily about me, brother. Uh, it was, uh, like you said, I kind of hit that Akashic record there or whatever you want to call it. But I seen what was coming ahead of me in the future, and it wasn't fucking pretty. It wasn't fucking pretty, and it made me fucking reassess myself on how the fuck it was going to, how I was going to take it, and if I was going to even be able to take it, because I'm here to tell you, it was fucking a blow. What I seen was quite a blow, and it came 100% tuition, 100%. Months later, everything I saw absolutely came true. Everything I fucking saw. And that's 100, dude. That's I'm not bullshitting you. People that know me close, I've told this to, and they know what happened. They know what fucking happened. But I, it, what I'm trying to get here is um, because I had seen it ahead of time and I had already fucking dealt with it in my head, I walked through it with, like, fucking no problem. I, I practically, you know, rose above the situation and was able to maintain and handle it more better than I ever thought I would. And trust me, <laughs> it was a fucking fucked up situation. But I was able to uh, keep my bearings through it all. And uh, most people, <laughs> other people that was watching and what was fucking transpiring was like, dude, how in the fuck are you doing this, man? <laughs> you know, and uh, it was because I had already, I had already made men's with it. I already seen it. I had already fucking made amends with it. And, uh, you know, but it wasn't for that trip. Like you said, it can take you there and it can make you face some things, but it can help you uh, fix a lot of things. And if you take it towards a positive way in the beginning, like you said, with your chanting and whatnot, then uh, it can help you figure out a positive journey in your life. And uh, as a tool. I guess I need to start like that from the beginning and take that uh you know as more of a future look more towards the future than i guess then because every time i do it i seem to, to try to figure out the shit what i fucked up in the past or whatever but uh the way you're using it uh you seem to be using it more to answer the future and that seems not like necessarily the answer much better route not necessarily future though but just answer like just mental, like helping me with my daily problems and solving this. And, um, it's not, yeah, it's not necessarily that it's because the plants, here's what I like best about the plant. The plant doesn't, the plant doesn't change you. The plants show you how pieces of shit you are and makes you want to make that change. I feel like in the same so it, it just it peels back the veil and like a lot you have to be mentally prepared for that a lot of people uh will never ever take mushrooms and they probably should never because the the come down the come back and like bounce back they're not it's not that they're dumb or anything they're probably the smart they're smart ass motherfucking people i've met they're just not on that mental page where once they break through or they come whatever that little psilocybin does to their brain, it's hard for them to like match it back up and come back and like understand reality the same way. I feel like I've seen it happen to a couple. I think yeah, I would be kind of quick to point out to these first few journeys. It may, uh, you may even want to be with a friend, you know what I mean? Somebody that can coach you, you know what I mean? Somebody that's been down the path and can coach you before you really start uh, microdosing and, uh, Trying to go down the deeper pass on your own. I would Lots definitely of research, uh, try yeah. and coach. 
do lots of research and have someone knowing what's up. Cause I, I remember taking my first like 3.5 grams of mushrooms sitting, waiting for my parents to go to bed and I took them in my bedroom. I'm like 16, eat them all. And I literally felt like I was going to die, dude. I was making peace with myself that I was ate something bad and I'm dying. And I laid there and I didn't die, but I thought I was going to die for hours and it was miserable and horrible. But I still learned something from it, though. It wasn't like even the worst trips, you still come out with something positive. And I wish I would have known more about it back then, like I do now, because if I'd have known you can eat your entire body weight in mushrooms and you can't die, I probably would have never had that mental thought that I'm dying because no one ever told me that I couldn't eat mushrooms and not die. But it's just knowing your research, man. If you're going to dive into these deep realms and stuff, and I'll, I didn't have nobody teaching me. I just learned it by going there. And I want to be able to answer people's questions and like, hey, man, do it this way. Take it into your room, you know, have a sitter and follow these protocols and have these breakthrough experiences and see these realms that I'm talking about. Because even... You, everyone should see it at least once at least once even if you don't ever go back one time and that's the same with uh, DMT DMT is a powerful thing that I feel like would be great for suicides although like I've had three army buddies kill themselves and I wish I had I was able to like sit down with them and like give them DMT beforehand and let them feel that leaving body death experience and coming back to earth before they, but that's the bad thing about people who want to do suicide. They're not going to tell you when it's time. They're just going to go do it. But people who are suffering from like suicide and whatnot, <clears throat> I feel like a good session or maybe two, a couple sessions of DMT could really bring you back to baseline to show you that, Hey, maybe dying isn't the best option physically dying maybe spiritually yeah, that's like just because we've hit that that mark right there let's like stop and uh you know say if you are you know at any point having any kind of suicidal thoughts make sure and reach out to somebody you know don't be don't be afraid to you know reach out and tell somebody that you you just need some help you know that uh you know, everybody needs a hand every now and again, you know, so there's tons of people out there. If not, if you can't find a friend or whatever, there's lots of numbers, suicidal helpline out there. There's lots of people that can uh, help you through your odd times. So yeah. no, don't ever, you know, don't, don't go that route. Hell, I'll say to them, even if you don't even want to reach out and talk to anybody, because I know I'm like that sometimes. I don't want to fucking reach out and talk to nobody. <clears throat> Find, find you some psychedelics. Find some mushrooms, something. Try some microdosing. I'm not saying take a big-ass fucking dose and freak out. Take a fucking microdose and try that out. That could be more therapeutic than fucking any conversation I've ever sat down with any fucking VA psychologist or any psychiatrist. For sure. Right on. But sometimes, like, in that moment, you know what I mean? It's better to, you, you, you might not be able to take the psychedelic route or whatever, you know. It's, a phone call is much better than, uh, 
taking that life, that's for sure, you know. And I guarantee uh, there's always somebody out there that uh, will happily take that call. Anyways, let's get back to the subject there. How was, Have you tried uh, DMT? Oh, yeah, man. I've been, uh, I feel like it goes hand-in-hand hand with my psychedelic experiences. Um, <clears throat> I love mixing DMT in my big mushroom trips. Like my the breakthrough doses that I was telling you about the mushrooms, I really think uh, there's something about having the psilocybin DMT compound in your body at the same time. Um, so in the Bibles and stuff, there's a the brew called Soma, all this ancient text on it. I they don't know what the three four plants are that they made this brew with, but I. I want to fucking put my heart and soul into it that I believe it's psilocybin and DMT, which would have been ayahuasca and mushrooms in a brew of something else. But they were having these breakthrough trips in at the back of the tabernacle. And I don't know, man, just something. So when you do DMT sober, you're going to experience that death feel. Okay, at a, at a certain amount. If you hit that certain point, it's all about getting so much vaporized in your body. Once you get that amount in your body, and it could be different for everybody, you're going, boom, you're going to leave your body, experience death, go to the next place, and then come back to earth. Until you're, you're going to feel falling back to your body. And I've done that one time, and I don't really, I'm scared to death to do that again. But that was exactly what I and what, what what I say it's going to be when I die. When I die, what happened on me on that big head DMT is what I, I know is going to happen when I die. And I'm going to go to the next place. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. I can't. It's going to be great. But <laughs> so that's what happens when you're sober on DMT. Now, if you put psilocybin in your body, and I've gotten it down to one gram in your body, you can hit as much DMT as you want. And you're not going to feel the separation of death and leave your body and go to the next place and come back. You're going to, I guess the way I've been described to it, your brain's now able in the psilocybin to understand and control or handle everything that the DMT is about to show you. And instead of going unconscious and because it's overwhelming information, the psilocybin allows your brain to receive it. And now you're able to boom, pop out, if you hit enough DMT on your mushrooms, you'll experience the small amount of death feel, but you pop out on earth and you're inside earth in this realm of the DMT world that I don't know. I've only been there twice, man. It's hard to get to. It's not easy. And I used to think it could only get there on these high doses of psilocybin. And I just experienced it last weekend and it is possible on a low gram dose of psilocybin and a good point of DMT, you can pop through that, that veil and be on earth where I don't know what's possible in these states. Like it's fucking so awe and you're so mesmerized by getting there that you don't really have time to understand or what you can do and just keep going back, keep getting to these realms and seeing what the possibilities are. So I feel like there's something to that. That can't be, I just feel like there's a door here and like, how can I can get in it? And it can't be for nothing. There has to be some, 
benefit to this because it's I don't know it's just so magical and special I want everybody to be able to experience it as well I wish I could have experienced it I, I wish I could you know if it, if it wouldn't have been the, to be able to find it I would have already tried it myself because I know in my heart that it unlocks there's some stuff waited you know to be unlocked right there for me and uh you know, as soon as I get the opportunity, I'm going down that rabbit hole myself because I know that there is a record there. And, you know, you just got to be able to clear your mind enough to access it. And, yeah. You know, that's one of the tools. It's been passed down from generation to generation to generation in the old world countries. And uh, there's a reason for it. And there's just modern medicine and, uh, doesn't want to take that shit because they can't make money and they can't explain it for one <laughs> and they can't really make money off it because it's a, not a uh you know a everyday cure you know you not, you don't need that experience all the time you know they don't need scripts for that you can get your visions and move on some people take that vision that one time and they've seen all they need to see and they you know went on to change all kinds of shit you know what i'm saying you yeah. know they don't want to they don't want to make that accessible for everybody no but i feel like it should be oh this is the uh, true illegal freedom i feel like the psychedelic realm the way that it's able to access your minds like that's the legal freedom that they don't want you to have I mean, they've known about it for a long time. You know, Timothy Leary, you know, Terrence McKenna, they preached it early on. And uh, some people listened, some people didn't. And But the fucking government sure the fuck didn't want them talking. You yeah. know, they didn't want to hear that shit. It's in the big ancient books, man. We got ancient texts, right, sitting in front of our eyes. It's just these, it's just all been translated into words that doesn't seem like it is what it is. And it's been... Yeah hidden by the church and pushed down because it's taboo and why do the why do we want everybody to be gods we don't want everybody to be gods we only want a one god <laughs> i don't know i have i have my doubts i grew up in the religion the baptist church down there in the south you know the bible belt so i know the bible very well and <clears throat> um i feel like there's a lot of it's just mistranslated there's stories in there that that probably did happen, but the way that they did, that the way that they're interpreted are not the actual way. I feel like it's been thousands of, or thousands of translations down through many different languages. Like, come on, man. You telling me it's the same word on the fucking paper? It's not only that. In most cases, it's been uh, a, a bunch of books put together, you know, in the a, a smaller version of what they kind of want you to know and that's kind of bullshit yeah, the uh, there's so that, much uh, more knowledge out of there i've been, been down the same roads brother i've been i've been an atheist i've you know i've read the bible i you know i've went down all the paths you know and right now i'm kind of leaning in on, I'm, I'm i would if i were to call myself anything i would say i'm like a buddhist right now uh, I kind of, you know, respect all religions. I'm not saying any of them's wrong, right? No, nothing. In fact, uh, a lot of my tattoos, uh, you know, kind of tip their hat to certain religions because I look, I have looked into them, and I, 
you know, have taken lessons from them and I kind of tip my hat to them. Do I see that? Did see that's the, the ultimate one and absolutely right? Maybe not. But uh, right now, uh, the philosophy in Buddhism isn't a religion. It's, it's philosophy. It's the way you approach life. And uh, I, I kind of dig in the, the shit out of that currently. So <laughs> at this point in my life, I guess that's the, the banner, I guess I'd be flying if I had to you know, namesake anything. Not necessarily an uh, atheist anymore. I've realized there's something out there for sure. And, uh, spirit, power, uh, you know, and light, light source, source, whatever you want, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? As, yeah, as yeah. long as we all believe there's something else out there, we're chasing the greater good. I am absolutely 100% cool with that. <laughs> There's something to take from every piece of religion, for sure. Something everybody could take. Dab time, everybody. What are you dabbing on over um, there? I've got some rosin that I made from the freezer up here. So I just kind of keep all my trim. Let's see if I actually have a photo. I kind of keep all my trim in the freezer. And then uh, sell creamy stuff there. <clears throat> and I'll wash all my trim and then freeze dry it, press it out. Boom. Head stash for, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely running behind on the tech on, without that rods and press. I mean, that is definitely some next level shit. That is. Once I saw it happening and Pedro pulled it off and then uh, dialed in Turpings, did it up at DGC, did an episode. Damn, dude. I was like, if I'm not making that, then I I don't want to fucking make it, is what I said. So had to go get a freeze dryer. Had a couple people go in with it. Got them all paid off, though. Now it's mine. Then, uh, yeah, freeze dry everything, dude. Try to. Except I haven't really done food, actually. It's just all been hash. <laughs> hash and stuff. Have ever you ever thought of, I'm gonna guess I'm gonna propose this to you because I've proposed it to uh, a few other people. Couldn't you actually kind of try to make some good hash out of bubble the your old bubble hash water? You know, uh, maybe gently dry it and reclaim some turps and some uh, some heads like that. It'd probably be a long process, but uh, couldn't you siphon off the top of something and then just kind of freeze dry that bottom? I'm curious on some text to do that because I know when I, because we just, you're going to fucking hate this, bro. <laughs> but we just, when we're doing the wash, we literally just go over there and toss it off to the side of the rocks, you know. We're not even keeping the water. But there has to be, so when we dump it, dude, it's fucking turpy as hell. And like you know, there has to be something in the water. What do you do with the water? What is? I don't think there is like a tech or anything. Well, there's a couple of ways here. Uh, what I do is we us at the Michigan Bros Grow Show. Uh, we fucked around. I've talked about this a few times, and I know for myself, I like to feed it back to my plants. If I'm not doing nothing with it, I like to feed them turps right back to the plant. I like to get warm temperature or room temperature, and then I feed it, you know, half, mix it again one time, one more time, half with water. 
and then I feed that to my plants as a, like a relief in between uh, the feed cycle. Just uh, kind of re- uh, rinse some salts out and give it a, a bunch of itself, basically, naturally. And they seem to love that. It seems to you know, really boost the turps. I found, you know, Protec, whatever there. I've done it for years, and I've always noticed a plus out of it. But lately, we got talking, and I've talked to a, a few other people about this as well. Um, Abolish there, and we had a session on what we should do with it one one night. And we come up with the idea, more or less, he came up with the idea of uh, making it into Kool-Aid. Now, if you ain't spraying shit all over your fucking plants, then you should be quite cool with uh, drinking that water. And what he did was uh, he made the Kool-Aid, or he took the water, and uh, he put a thing of honey in it. I don't know the exact process, but he sweetened it with fucking honey, and he put, you know, whatever sweetener, some kind of Kool-Aid in there. And uh, another guy told me, make sure and bring it to to a boil to make sure it's uh, you psychoactive, all them heads and shit that are left in the water to kind of electrify it a little bit more. I don't know if Abolish did that or not, but I know he brought some to the Detroit Cup, and we fucking all had a great ride on that hash water fucking uh, <laughs> bubble hash water Kool-Aid. Is <laughs> what we did with it. So, uh, yeah, if you you know if you ain't spraying shit on your plants, that's a you know good 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 way of uh, utilizing that terpy fucking heady water because I don't use I don't fuck with that twenty five bag. You know what I mean? I yeah. cut when I'm making bubble, I don't ain't got time. And I really feel like when you're, you know, shaking that bag, you're losing a bunch of shit anyway. And what's left is really getting beat up and into a mash. So why waste your damn time anyway? Cut it off at 45, 37 and speed up your process. You know what I mean? So I know for a good fact that there's tons and tons of, you know, good heads and you know, stocks in there, trichome stocks in there. So it would be, you know, it makes perfect makes sense to make something out of there maybe you could even make it like a kombucha out of it i don't know how you make kombucha but if you, you can make, make a tea with it i bet for that. i bet you can make a tea with that then uh, i would be down to just make kool-aid with it or some type of drink I, that sounds like a great idea to me dude i like to sip on that and get fucked up throughout the evenings you know right boom try it next time you make a little bit of bubble hash take some of that water Oh, yeah, it was good. It was good, man. I, he brought me a nice fucking jug of it. I pounded that shit in the Detroit Cup, man. I walked through there. I was all fucked up. It was, it was a good day. It was a real good day. Hell, yeah. Good shit, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to save that water for sure. What kind of plants you got behind you? You got you still growing TGA? Um, not so much anymore. Uh I guess I'll say it. Uh, I was growing a lot of shit. And then uh, I flipped back some seeds for the cuvee. And uh, I, I was promised uh, cuvee seeds right back. And I didn't get them. So I got a little fit. I kind of ah, shit. Yeah. I'll see. I'll but like- uh, he's, you know, still a good friend of mine. You know, we made amends. You know, I, I wasn't just a t- you know, tester. I was a friend of his. So, you know. It was just one of them things, and shit happened. But yep, yep. This behind me is a strain I'm working on is a Beautiful Loser. Uh, that one's getting ready to come down tonight. 
Uh, that is uh, Shrimp Ruins Challenger Deep times Winnie, which would be, uh, you know, the longer version of that is our Star Destroyer times Wizard's Glue times uh, C99 times Turbine Poison. That's what Damn. she is. She got the Pretty tasty. Now? Yeah, yeah, she's got the, the Challenger Deep Bud structure and the Duraband and the uh, C99 traits, I think, as far as bud, buzz and uh, effects. It should taste like a um, fruit to her when you're you know, smoking the flower. Uh, super proud of it so far. This is, you know, the, my, the Fiener, uh, the keeper pheno that I decided to keep and uh, keep around and pass around a little bit. I'm not trying to put it out to market or nothing. This would be just something that we can pass out to some friends and whatever. Yes, freeways the best. Freeway's and, the best uh, <laughs> right on, right on. Other than that, I got uh, a bunch of uh, med grower ones and uh, tights or Empire Breeding Company's uh, stuff. Some uh, Dominatrix and some Primal Punch 2 and uh, Primal Punch 1. Uh, I've got uh, Beard on Fire, Lemon Lava Drops. I've got a bunch of fire I'm working through. And uh, I got I'm a bunch of TGA strains. Pardon me? Are you a pheno hunter? Are you pheno hunting all those? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been doing that uh, for a long time. That's what made me one of the, the testers that I was with Sub was uh, I actually ran. He uh, he was no stranger in saying that shit. I ran more strains, more of his strains than he did. I checked in at uh, you know I think it was forty five that I actually ran. I'm sitting on fifty seven flavors right now. Uh, not ran, but I actually have the packs still. Yeah, I'm sitting you know, on some packs. I kept too. some of these. Some of these left over. I've kept a little bit from my own every run and a few unopened packs. But I, yeah, I'm definitely a, a pheno hunter myself. I think all in all, I'm, I want to say right around two, three hundred strains in all to credit at this point. And, uh, and I was talking to the American one the other night. He said he had been through a thousand or you know close to a thousand. I'm like, man, I can't even imagine. That's some serious. Uh, being popped in there. Yes, space right there, for sure. <laughs> I, at one point, I, I think uh, I was up to juggling like uh, 29 strains, you know, keeping them around in cups. I don't, I'm not a fan of uh, keeping mothers. I just kind of uh, keep small clones, make sure the one, take cuts off the one, then put it in, and then uh, keep one healthy one around. Then if I ever want to, you know, uh, mono crop it, I'll just take a bunch of cuts off it and do a mono crop, and then leave one flowing behind. It's easier to shelf, you know, multi genetics that way than a, a bunch of mothers. Yep, it's, it's the way I've always learned. And I find I don't ever, I haven't found a drift like that unless uh, you plant sick. And I don't ever suggest taking clones of a plant. That's always seems to be the best uh, remedy I've found for it. Uh, long as it ain't like, you know, PM or something, if it's just like a uh, nutrient deficiency or something, you can set her out in the sun for a while. You'd be surprised uh, how it'll snap that thing right back and uh, bring a lot of the traits and shit right back into it. You know? 
make her make her good and healthy again. That's the same thing for us, man. We can be sickly in the house for a long time. You fucking all winter long. We get out there in that sun in the summertime. It's a whole fucking different game, man. Recharged, got the vitamin D. And it's the same thing with the girls, I think, you know. Don't take same much. thing, dude. I got my cactus do the same shit, bro. I don't know what I'm going to do with these goofy fuckers, bro. So I grow some cactus from seed from San Pedro's. And you can tell where they go outside every year because they'll get real fat and big. Then they come indoors and I don't have that. I guess the LEDs just don't do it for them. And they'll be like real tall and slender. Then they get real fat at, at, at little spots throughout them. So once you just look up them, it's like fat, small, fat, small from where I bring them indoors, outdoors for the season, right? It's pretty funny because they're goofy as fuck, bro. But the sun fixes everything. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, cactuses are need to grow, man. There's, you know, so diff- so many different varieties of cactus and succulents. It's it's pretty, uh, really a you know a cool plant. You know, it's hard I've to kill. Some pretty ones. That, you ever see the ones that almost look like they're just fucking covered in a fucking spider mite, and they're like super hairy bitches and shit. You know, you almost look yeah. at them and you're like, yeah, I want nothing. But you that uh, you know that's just the way it's supposed to look. But you know, got- as you as a this kind of gardener, you look at that thing, and you're like, man, I don't even want that thing near me. Get that fucking cactus out of here. That thing's dirty. Damn, but it's I'm, just thinking about, I'm thinking of that about my damn tomato plants. They're so like trying to comb me out with their little fucking pokey shit. I'm like, is that fucking is that miser? What is that? It's like it's too thick. But it's just uh, it's just a tomato plant in the super soil, you know? It's just strong. But <laughs> bugs, man. How do you like the super soil? Are you still running the super soil there? Hell yeah, man. I make my own no, rest. You were... So I got like a four yeah, or five. You it. Then uh, I'll share it to anybody. You mind uh, sharing, sir? Yeah. Can you drop it down right now if you don't want? Can I you? Can. Let's see. What's the best way? Should I speak it or fucking write it out? Let's see. Let's just talk about it. There you talk go. About it. It's about uh, makes about six cans, thirty-two gallon trash cans. I've got it estimated, depending on what kind of bag soil you buy, it's going to cost you about four or 500 bucks. So you're going to get four 3.8 cubic feet. I'll use Bells of Sunshine. This last batch actually was a Roots Organic. I use like 10 3.0 cubic feet bags. You really just want 30 cubic feet for this recipe. You know, it's a big fucking stack. You're doing fucking 200 gallons pretty much. You're going to put four 30-pound bags of worm castings, five pounds fish bone meal, five pounds bone meal, six pounds Peruvian seabird guano. I prefer the seabird guano over any type of other guano due to the fact it has a higher phosphorus. It's like a fucking 12 or some shit. It's higher than any of the other guanos. Then uh, five pounds blood meal. 12 cups oyster shell, 12 cups kelp, 12 cups alfalfa, 6 cups Epsom salt, 6 cups dolomite lime, 6 cups azomite, 1 cup humic powder, 5 pounds insect frass, 5 pounds neem seed meal, 3 pounds langbanite. Boom. 
mix all that shit up, man, with a rake on a tarp. Wet it down real good with some fucking water. Put it in some trash cans. I put them in 32-gallon trash cans. That's the easier way to store it so I can put it in my basement because it, if it's cold outside, it's just going to freeze. Ain't going to do shit pretty much. So down the basement, that's when give it 60 days, dude. It's going to do its little fermentating, cook, whatever, little thing. And then you're good to go, bro. We got fucking, I got about six months out of the last batch, bro. I was able to stretch it out far. For sure. Yeah, I've, I've ran this super soil myself. But, uh, as a perpetual grower, I've had times where, uh, where I gave, I actually gave up on it, to be honest with you, because... I got ahead of myself and I got to a point where uh, I got so far ahead of myself, I had to dip into it and burnt my plants and it kind of, I spun out of control because like things went a little fast. I had a schedule there and I got into the hot shit. And so then I got up to that point. I was, I was behind, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had to do something. So I just switched to the cocoa is what I did. Uh, so I've, definitely, I'm sorry. I've definitely run out like that too, man. Fucking because the super soil, you gotta let it sit 60 days, and sometimes you don't judge that shit right, bro. You don't make it soon. You still got half the month or fucking couple weeks left on it. I actually, my fucking lifesaver, instead of I'll do the same shit what you're just talking about, bro. The bio life, down to earth bio life, it's like crab meal, a whole bunch. It's like a super soil blended in itself. But you just sprinkle that shit in some uh, normal bag soil. I've tested it. It is fucking the best shit besides my super soil. I always go to my super soil when I got it. But when I run low or if I need a top dress, I always go to this BioLife. It's way easier. But I've ran a 10-gallon pot, normal bag soil, put three cups of BioLife in there. Blend that shit up. Put your plant in there. I had a pot go or a plant go more than 60 days. Fucking no yellowing. It was good. And it wasn't it wasn't a heavy feeder though, so normal feeder. It ran 60 days in the butter. So BioLife it pulled through. It's nice. So that's my fail safe right there, bro. I don't like because you do run out, bro. I do it all the time. It happens. It does. It just uh, like in that instance for me, I just I didn't have the the time, uh, you know what I mean. It ran out and I got frustrated, and then I immediately switched over to the cocoa because obviously I had no more cooking. <laughs> yeah. And uh, by by that the time I was already swapped over, I had all the newts again. I was like, shit, <laughs> might as well run. <laughs> I might as well run out these newts, and I just kind of got locked back into the system. And, uh, but more and more as I go along, I realize, you know, I'm uh, A, tired of dumping shit in my yard, and uh, B, I'm a little stupid that I could be uh, going like a no-till route and uh, just have a bed and constantly feed something good and quit, you know, being so wasteful on the cocoa. And, and I've I, I went so far as to, I actually, I, I love this cocoa right now. See if I can spin around, grab a hand, put this camera down. What are you feeding? Uh, 
Yeah, well, it's feeding uh, Blue Planet nutrients. Now I'm going to fix over to a dry food. That, uh, see that shit? That's my cocoa right there. And that shit, it's, it's like fucking wood chips, man. I don't run no perlite. Huh? It's, it looks dry. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. Well, it's moist. You know, she's, okay. she could be watered. She's uh, she was just transplanted in there about a week, so she's not really feeding people. So you use what? There's cocoa. water in there. Straight cocoa, no perlite, just that chunky, chunky shit right there, and uh, newts, bottled newts. I've seen some good grows with that setup too, cocoa and just the newts. It's so airy. It's the next best thing to uh, hydroponics, I feel. You know, because it's quite airy. You gotta. It's not never saturated. It's always you water in once a day. I usually water each one of these ten gallons. Get three quarters of a gallon of water every day, and uh, that's usually doing pretty well. Downside is, you know, I go through like forty gallons of water a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the glories! <laughs> I went to. Uh... I changed my watering. I was just top watering super soil for the longest time ever, bro. Then uh, last year, I believe, a little over a year now, I started, I bought four by four trays. And I just flood the trays and let the fabric pots just soak them up. Dude, explosive growth. Way more, dude. I I think by the way that I was top watering, I was underwatering these humongous 45 and 35 gallon pots. I could believe that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, these need this much water. And like, oh, they're heavy. I was underwatering them bitches compared to what they really could soak up. I didn't realize it until I started bottom watering. And it really improved the fucking growth. Like, amazing. It blew me away. So you, uh, you kind of touched another point about the super soil. Why I had to give it up was uh, I moved up here to... Uh, northern michigan uh a northern northern michigan it fucking it snowed it snowed today it snowed today it usually is fucking usually there's snow on the ground until right now i swear to god there's usually not so mid-may is usually when snow's done around here and then in october it's back and it stays again until may we had an early spring this year but uh which again makes it super tough for me to stay ahead of the super soil game when I ain't gotta, you know, I don't, I don't want to house it indoors and utilize, you know, more valuable grow space or dry sprays. So I can't keep it outside because, like you said, the shit freeze. So kind of locked into the cocoa right now until I switch over to like a no-till bed or, you know, and I'm super thinking about it. Like one of these four by fours, I think uh, one of these next runs, I'm going to start and uh, try to incorporate a living I'm soil scared. or no-till. I'm scared to run one indoors just because like bugs and stuff. And it's just like, ah, man, can I even pull it off? Just let, because yeah, how you got to like put in, inputs in. It's just, oh no, man, it sounds like a lot of work. As opposed to what I my setup now is the minimal work, man. I'm not hardly, I've got it dialed in. I'm hardly ever in the grow except for the moments I need to be, like leaf strips and throughout the parts of the grow. 
you growing a hundred percent indoors or you got something going yeah, you you outdoors? Just I have flower beds, really nice flower beds and shit set up. That's where all my super soil goes till they're filled up. But I just do vegetables out there because uh, where I'm at, I'm still in like city limits type deal, and you can't fucking no outdoor growing at all. I used to like back in the beginning, first year or two, you can grow, but then like 2017, dude, they changed shit, and you can't grow outside no more. That's a big no no. You know, I, it surprised me with that accent. It seems like I know we uh, talked about how, you know, briefly how uh, difficult small towns can be, especially when you're young. But, uh, you know, as you get older, that, that uh, calling of being out there and uh, doing what you want to do and you know, a more peaceful setting uh, kind of starts applying again. So with that accent, it makes me think, man, how's this guy back in the city, man? Uh, it's been tough. Yeah, for some reason, I, I just see you on a fucking mountaintop and fucking doing whatever the fuck you get out to do, man. We definitely take off often to the mountains. We got a nice little spot. We can go hiking to the outback, take the pups out and stuff. But, yeah, man, I do miss the mountains. We're kind of me and the girlfriends. Or girlfriend was talking about girlfriends. We were talking about uh, what are we going to do, man? Are we going to stay in the city? What's going on? Why are we here? We should get out. We should try to move. I need to go back to the mountains or something, man. I really hate being in the city. <clears throat> Cause, uh, well, I tell you, it's time. To... Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. It's just I hate living close to people, man. Like, turn, I can leave my fucking front window open. I can hear the neighbors across the street, a house down. Big fighting over the fucking lasagna and shit and like or just it's just so close you can hear everybody so like you can't just talk freely in your backyard dude about fucking blasting out on fucking dmt or something like that some neighbor might hear you and be all crazy <laughs> some people talk loud and shit and you can hear everybody in their backyards man it's, it's pretty uh wild scene because everybody thinks they're private and stuff my neighbors are cool and shit but you know, it's just a privacy thing, dude. It's like you can hear people talking when they're just hanging out. <laughs> I know, and that sucks, man. Uh, it does. It took. I've always been somewhat in the country, but not this country. I mean, <laughs> I've been in the fucking middle of nowhere, currently. But uh, and it took some getting used to that. I hate these long winters and shit. But when it come down to this, you know, current weird bullshit with this virus you know floating around uh it's kind of nice being away from everybody <laughs> you know i've been you know, i got my guard i got some food i got fucking toilet paper i'm cool man i ain't gotta go fucking nowhere <laughs> yeah. and i'm cool not seeing you know that's i'm, I'm cool but uh this is the I longest know, time man. i've ever lived in this this is actually the biggest city i've ever lived in and the longest time i've ever been for somebody that uh you like you said that self that says they have a little bit of tough time with uh, some anxiety. It, it would seem like it would be even worse uh, setting for you, brother. Especially like you say, you can you can hear all them negative inputs. You know what I mean? And uh, when you even around that negative bullshit, it's it's really tough to uh, you're sucking it up, man. We're a magnet for that shit. Negativity loves company, and uh, it's e it transfers easy. So uh it really does, man. Another reason why, yeah. 
I feel like sockets. Sounds like you need to get down that mountain. mountain. You know, the micro dose of getting out to the fucking mountains help, dude. Like, it's being able to take a step back and see it from a different perspective, you know, than what well, I guess the, your daily life, you just fucking boom, 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 hitting shit, hitting walls, fucking just grinding gears, fucking going through your days. And the micro dose, dude, just stops all that, lubes up every fucking thing. And just take a step back, man. Reassess. And some things that are fucking on your mind that have been worrying you are probably not the most important thing. And the worry will go away. Or at least maybe something will come up to how to, hey, let's solve this worry so it's not on my mind no more. And making moves to solve shit instead of like dwelling upon them. Sitting on the couch watching TV, dwelling on your problems. Take a micro dose and fucking solve that problem, but being proactive i love I think it. it like you said it just allows your mind to ease long enough to uh to come up with a uh, a clear insight and yeah, it might, gives uh, you direct there's tons of shit bouncing around it's hard to uh to focus on what you actually need to do so if you can clear that out calm and be able to that's the best way i can describe it exactly. For me, I was just like grinding gears, like my fucking, just fucking, just grinding gears all day, trying to get fucking shit done, you know, struggling, like having issues. Okay, this isn't going right, getting angry. <clears throat> the micro dose in that same situation, it just fucking, hey, everything's cool. We're rolling it through. Everything's happy, you know, nothing's fucking. I don't know, man. I think it's a it's the limitless pill in itself if it's used properly. And it's a tool, you know. You can use a hammer many different fucking ways. Some are good, some are bad, you know. You can kill somebody with a hammer, you can build a fucking house. Right? How it's you want a to fucking beautiful day. You know, I never thought we'd see be this in this day and age with cannabis. And uh, luckily, we've had a few states like Colorado that are opening up uh, their minds and, you know, noticing that there is some additional medicinal effects with acimacillin and uh, allowing testing, you know, opening some doors. It's hopefully a bright new day. We can get away with, get away from all this uh, man-made medicine because that shit's horrible. It is. Get away from all this. We lived just fine before the witch doctors came to town. It's not just, they, 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 you ask me, the pharmaceutical companies are the true witch doctors. You know, I don't they know. are. They're mixing up their potions and fucking, there you go. We're just kind of going, fuck, this is the one. <laughs> now, which one of us is the witch doctor? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I would have to say it's the pharmaceutical company, 100%. Definitely, man. All mushrooms heal too, man. I've been taking lion's mane with, uh, I got... Stam at seven, so it has like a reshees, and I've been taking turkey tails and cordyceps, all those different types of gourmet mushrooms that they got going on. Those target different parts of your body too that are super beneficial. Lion's mane, dude, it just is neuro regenerative, and dude, you feel that when you take your first capsule of lion's mane, and it's not a trippy mushroom, dude. It's not gonna make you wig out, but you feel your brain like in a better state for sure something's happening 
You ever tried any of those, like uh, turkey tails or lion's mane or anything? I've tried some of the lion's mane, but I've never tried the, the turkey tails. So how many different uh, species of uh, mushrooms are there all in all? And uh, how many of those, are, I guess, are edible? And how many of those are, uh, you know, have some uh, psycho, uh, psychoactive effects? Can you, do you know those, some kind of numbers like that? There's, there's so many you couldn't even put a number on. There's millions, and there's still being mushrooms discovered today. So there's no really number of how many are actually psychoactive either. There's just ways of identifying them and telling. It's hard to put a number, I would say, on how many is out there. But I don't know. There's so many, like, that's why I wish I lived up a little bit in Washington. That's where, like, the old growth forest is. And that's where I guess there's all these mushrooms that are popping up that are being discovered. You can find new species and do varieties of mushrooms. And they're always getting psychoactive ones up there too, man. That, uh, where'd they come from? Nobody knows. So how many psychoactive uh, mushrooms have you tried and which one would be your favorite? So I've got about... On breakthrough trips, I've got about four of them. I want to say Honduras is my favorite right now. I'm not... On the breakthrough trips, so I feel like they're all almost equal. As opposed to... Hmm. Like if you take three grams of Honduras... <laughs> It will be different than if you take three grams of penis envy. Those two doses will be different. But if you took 15 grams of Honduras and you took 15 grams of penis envy, those two trips could be very similar. Although the only thing different would be the difference in the trips. I've never had a, the same trip twice on any type of psychedelic. Everything's always been pretty much different every time so i feel like you come out with something different every time but yeah i like honduras's bro they're nice tall little fingers it's... yeah nice. <laughs> um dr dane scene says a friend of mine gives my mom lines pain to fight her alzheimer's he says it's made a noticeable improvement. definitely i would like to I would like to have been around my uh, grandmother when she was dying in Florida of Alzheimer's. I would have uh, gave her lines made to see if it would have improved her days before her death, but I was never around for that. But yeah, I feel like there's benefits to that as well with old people, especially, okay, so Alzheimer's is good for like the lion's mane and stuff. I feel like these small doses of psilocybin will help people terminally ill. Say you're struggling, you're diagnosed with cancer, you know, you got six months to live or something. That's a hard time, I feel, for somebody to accept, especially if they've been like maybe religious or something their whole life. But that's something I feel like they would fight and struggle with until they die. But one session of psilocybin 
and asserting the, the right protocols, how I described it earlier in the show, you know, things in play. I think that would ease, make them more accepting to like their death and what's going to happen as opposed to the struggle. I can see that being a lot for people. I don't know if you've there, ever seen uh, some I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody die or anything like with the terminal illness or something. I feel like they struggle. It's terrible to sit back and watch, that's for sure. Uh-oh. Are some, uh-huh. some easier to grow? Are some uh, easier to grow than others, cultivate than others? Mm, around the board, I feel like once you get like the little method down, it should be fine, yeah. I think it's just times. Some might take longer than others to happen. Some some varieties take longer to cultivate. The uh, gourmet so, ones uh, off pretty quickly, like oysters and stuff. Those take off super fucking. Let's go down. Let's, let's go down this uh, route. Uh, let's <laughs> say you're uh, having that beautiful day, and you're fucking. You've loaded up your bag, and you're fucking. Big fat fatty, and you're having an awesome day, and you're walking through the woods there. Ah, where would you look for, for some fun stuff? And uh, if you were willing to look, how would you find something? So, if you were knowledgeable enough to identify where were you, where would you look? There's the only ones out here in Colorado that I'm aware of would be like the Almanitas. Muscarias, the Christmas tree ones, you know, and they're they'll grow around conifer trees and whatnot. Telluride is a big place; they have a mushroom festival every year on Telluride, and that's where they do mushroom hunts and stuff. And people can find mushrooms, and people identify them for them. I'm not a really big. Uh, I can't really identify too many mushrooms outside in the nature, and I I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk my life on eating them, except for like you know the common ones. The Aminitas, you can pretty much see a picture or Aminita out in the wild and say, "That is the Aminita." It's very distinct with its red dots and stuff, or the white dots on the red cap. But other than that, dude, yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't recommend picking wild ones unless you know. I think if you're with the mycologist that knows what's up and he identified that mushroom and said it's okay to eat, I'd feel safe. But I'm not going to sit there and say, I might eat that. I might not. So I've never seen psilocybin in the wild either. I've seen Pinellia sciences, which are a little different variety of like uh, psilocybin. Or they, they have, can't remember what they have in them. I don't know if they have psilocybin. It's a different compound within them. They make you trip too. But it's the one in uh, Alice in Wonderland, the red one with the white spots. That's a, no, I mean, a psychoactive one. It's a, That's it's definitely no, I mean, That's what <clears throat> I got a religion book back here. It's about the Santa Claus, the Siberian Santa Claus. So the reindeer of Siberia and these shamans would eat these mushrooms. And that's how the story of Santa Claus came. 
And there's like, man, there's so many little artifacts about it. Like how he came down the chimney was one. That's how they would come in inside. The shamans would come in and out their house because of the snow was so packed up on the doors and the windows. So they used the chimney to come in and out. And that's where you get the story of Santa Claus and the red and white suit he wears. And the reindeer that they have up there is the ones that they will actually knock you down to drink your piss. These reindeer. It's pretty, uh, pretty fantastic story, man. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Sounds cool. Dr. Dainstein has a question for you. He says, Tanasi, do you have you tried Amanita? Sorry if you have already answered it in it. It's like I have not. I haven't ever found a red one myself wild. I've only found so I'll tell you a story. So I was going to once. I was actually I went to visit Dirtman Dan ironically out in Philadelphia because uh, Pennsylvania. They have in all their parks and shit, they have fucking fields of mushrooms that just pop up on their little nature trails. It's kind of like what uh, I've been told about Washington and the old growth forest. So I go out there, not even like an hour on the ground. He takes me to this, this little dirt road and I'm like, hold up, stop. And I run over there and there's these yellow capped Amanitas. So instead of having the red cap, it was yellow, real bright. And it had the white dots on it. Same structure, everything. The only thing different was it was yellow. So I picked up a bunch of those and I brought them back here. And then we had a group. We are going to do a ceremony for December 22nd, you know, the equinox. Then, so we're going to eat those Amanitas. And then the people are with they i guess what they would be what i would be like you know they've never seen the yellow one before and they didn't understand know my, their knowledge about mushrooms and so they got scared to eat them so we never ate those end up eating some like penis envies that we had got from a you know and yeah we all had a breakthrough trip on penis envies instead of aminitas but we never did eat the aminitas It's a, uh, it's a trip, for sure. I don't know if I would want to. I hear it's very brutal. Very brutal. Yeah, I, I haven't taken it myself, but uh, I'm curious. It's a lot uh, more psychoactive, isn't it, to the, the hallucinogen side? Uh, not just in your head, but more into the hallucinogen side of the mushrooms. Yeah. Correct. One of my most brutalist trips, man. So there's a, a peyote church down in Arizona. It's the Peyote Way Church. You can contact them and have a spirit walk where you go down there, you'll fast for 24 hours. They'll give you 21 grams of peyote in a brew. And then you have this little campsite. They have a little lodging spot where you'll spend the, pretty much all your time there until you go to do your brew. And they have like little walk paths to get to these campsites where you can set up and you take your little 21 gram brew of peyote out there by yourself and drink it by a fire and dude that was the most introspective 
brutal trip of my life physically for me I didn't have like no peyote like breakthrough I see all these like colors and art and visions it was like completely physical for me I was like colder than cold sleeping bags inside like uh sweats I had sweats on and sleeping bag around a fire and I could not get warm dude it was hard to take a piss and everything blurry eyes I couldn't like watery eyes the whole time but uh I don't know man peyote in the desert it's not I want to do it again because <laughs> I feel oh, like that, that sucks you learn I'm something. interested I would have I need to get the fuck out of Michigan and do some more traveling so we ain't got cool shit like that Michigan I don't even know where you'd even begin to look for something like that around here you know what I'm saying <laughs> Well, an army buddy and gave me a website and I went to this website and wrote this church. It's a, it's a peyote church in Arizona that you can actually join and get a card and stuff. And I joined it for that, like the year and that summer, I did it in May uh, about what, four years ago now. And dude, it was something to see for sure. And I wanted to, oh no, there's something about that too. Even though it was a bad trip and it wasn't like fucking happy rainbows and fucking smiles, I feel like it was still good. There was something that my body needed, you know. It wasn't a bad thing. It was still good work, I feel like. That's all the plant medicine. It's just like, it just does good work, you know, on your bodies, mental, all of it. The, the chemicals match up. Uh, have you ever taken like a THC uh, like trip or a nice ride? Have you ever ate a large amount of uh, edibles? So I, I've like tempted that. that. So <laughs> at the end of Expo a couple of years ago, I'd made these muffins, right? And this guy was an investor for somebody from like Saudi Arabia at one of the booths that we're hanging out at. And I'd laid the muffin there and he said he'd eat it later. And we'd walked away. Me and Dirt Man Dan done ate two that morning. Well, this guy from Saudi Arabia eats this muffin. And he and I hear people do this all the time. They like have a psychedelic trip and like visuals and like he is tripping so hard. He has to be escorted back to the hotel. And they're talking like he's talking about like fucking talking to a dragon and he's in La La Land and they had to like just keep him in the hotel he's just talking nonsense and i'm like so how do you do that and i've never been able to i've eaten a shit ton of edibles bro and i've never seen that so i've tried up to three grams of rso man and that didn't do i didn't have no psychedelic adventure i just was like comatose zombie fucking for three days i like wanted to sleep it wasn't no psychedelic. Well, I think psychedelics just for certain people. Does that happen for you? I yeah, I have had a, a nice ride myself, and I don't know if it was a like a multi-day because you know edibles can hang out in your system for a minute. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, especially if you're it's a multiple-day type thing. So the night before uh, this experience, I. Uh, 
fucking made made the butter itself, okay? And it was a super strong butter. If I remember right, it was like 10 grams of some killer butt per stick of butter. So <laughs> it was, you know, good, nice, strong butter, strong, strong butter. I didn't dilute it at all. Like I would normally do when I make butter. I like to make a strong butter and then uh, kind of use it, you know, half, you know, more concentrated version of it with more real butter. That way you get rid of a little less weedy taste, but you're yep. still getting more of the effect. So um, I, did, I didn't do that. It was like young in my um, edible making phase. And I wasn't keen to realizing that uh, it was going to soak in my skin. And again, I'm, I'm making this butter for personal use. I'm not like passing this out. It's just making super strong fucking butter for myself or a bunch of edibles. So I make the butter and I'm using uh, a cheesecloth bag at the time or what I made had it all in cheesecloth. And I'm just squeezing the fuck out of this bag, just barehanded, you know, fucking just butter right between the fingers just running down my fucking wrist and shit so it's just soaking right into my skin the, the first time you know I'm getting a good dose you know and then I fucking come home and then I make uh, some cookies you know but I don't I don't dilute it like I just said I did I just fucking okay this much boom and even went heavy on it so make up a batch of uh, cookies and they're uh, mint chip cookies which by the way uh mint chips hide hide that marijuana taste uh a lot almost all of it 100 percent. so i make some make up some cookies and i'm fucking eating one i'm like god damn these are good man these are fucking like uh thin mint cookies from the girl scout cookies you know what i mean real similar so the next thing i know i'm like powered eight through like probably six or seven cookies just because they were good and you know i couldn't taste it and it was just mm, mm. i power eat them fucking things <laughs> fucking huh i realized it about other you know six seven cookie i'm like oh fuck you know oh man i realized i kind of probably fucked myself a little bit so i smoke one and I fucking end up, the, the joint makes me fucking tired. So I fucking, uh, <laughs> I fucking go lay down for about an hour and I get up, man. I, I am noticeably fucked up when I get, when I wake up. I just wake up and I feel like my fucking head's like floating above me and shit. Like I'm almost like looking down at me. It's like so surreal kind of fucking. So I fucking thinking, man, I got to fucking try to shake this off. So I fucking, <laughs> I fucking, uh, I go, I decide I got to fucking take a shower. I got to try to shake this shit off. So I fucking go in the shower and I fucking in there. And for some reason, I couldn't help but think of that fucking scene in Young Guns where they're taking the peyote and the fucking, <laughs> in the desert there. Like, Have you seen that chicken? <laughs> and I just fucking couldn't get it out of my head, man. And I'm fucking just fucking laughing, man. I am fucking just tears running out of my fucking face, man. I am in the fucking moment. 
And, and I'm upstairs, all right, in a fucking two-story house. And fucking kids come upstairs and they're like, are you all right, man? They just, I'm like, fucking, yeah, 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 I'm all right, fucking, but. You know, my kids are older, by the way. So this is, you know, it's <laughs> 20. So it's not like they're young or nothing. They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, it's some fucking cookies, man. I got fucking deep into them cookies. I couldn't even explain it. I was just fucking, oh, it was a good time, man. And that lasted for, you know, I'd say like four hours. That good that belly laugh and smile. It's. It's been a while since I had a good, good belly laugh like that. So I, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if I'd try to uh, get back there again on edibles. <laughs> That's fun. my go-to for sleep aids, man. When I can't sleep and shit, dude, I got a fucking stack of cookies in there. and do the same shit you do, bro. I got fucking full throttle where you got to use all THC butter in the batch or you just use half. I use it all, dude, on these ones, dude. I know this is the one for bed. I know I can eat five or six of those cookies, bro, and I'm fucking, wow. I'm going to get eight hours solid, dude, for sure. Speaking of kids, there's one right there in chat. Hi, Courtney. I love you, honey. Popping up just when I'm happened to be telling them. What's the story? Love you, honey. Hope you just popped in just after. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's real life shit, though. Live. <laughs> well, that's so what's it. in store with uh, Tenancy? What's that? What do you got going? Besides, what's in store for you? What do you got going uh, besides... Uh, the mushroom kids, uh, you got anything else in store for you on the horizon? So, of course, you got racing or games at uh, 9 o'clock, correct? Oh, you broke up on the last part of that one. <laughs> what was the I last part? <laughs> it's uh, you've got it, of course, um, embracing organics every night, night uh, at, yes. uh, or every Thursday at nine, correct? Yes, yes, embracing organics on every Thursday at nine. On YouTube. Sorry for that. You broke up on the last part, but everything else was clear. Then uh, nothing else for Tanasi, man. I'm going to be entering in the DGC Cup if that shit ever pops off, bro. Depends on what all this uh, no event status is in July. Right now, I think they moved it back to July 18th to enter in that cup in Denver. But other than that, man, you got the Embracing Organic show. You can check me out there. I'm on uh, Instagram. Tanasi Gardens, I put up uh, bud shots, you know, some porn shots and tell you how I grew it and some super soil and whatnot. Hit me up if you want the recipe, bro, on any of those social medias and I'll send you a verbatim copy for sure anybody wants it. Then uh, Sacred Three Mushrooms, man, 10% off if you use eagles. Eagle, not eagles, my bad. Boom, grow you some gourmet mushrooms, get you some uh, pink oysters. I got some pink oysters in the kitchen right now, dude, on its second flush. So I, when you eat a steak or maybe you got a burger going down, take some of those. I got them in a little bag dried out, Just chop them up in a skillet, flay them up, fucking some salt, butter. Dude, it's like this delicate piece of bacon. It's something to have for sure. So everybody needs some gourmet mushrooms in the kitchen. Sounds good. Sounds good. Especially if you give them a discount code Eagle 
on your uh, website. That's super awesome. I appreciate that shit. Hell yeah, I'll stay up, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Uh, that's about it for me, man. Uh, not too much going on. Check us out on the EO show. Let's, uh, anybody have any questions that's in chat? We've got, still got 36 watching. Uh, I got him on here. I'm sure he'd answer some questions. Yeah. I think I'm going to fucking roll a fatty. And, uh, Everybody needs a smoke. Get tweaked up again. Hell yeah. What are you smoking on in chat there? Hmm. Love the super slow recipe. Yeah. What do you think about, uh, have you seen like the CO2 bags where, uh, isn't it like an oyster mushroom they use in that as well to uh, create the CO2 in that? I've never seen a mushroom come off those, so I'm not sure what mycelium it is that's in that bag. And if, I'm, I remember I, looking I believe it's an oyster mushroom. There's a guy here in Michigan that makes them by the name of these bags. And I believe it's an oyster mushroom that sprouts oh. in them bags. And I think actually Kenny Cates, who's on also on the Mission Bros Grow Show on Sunday next year, just posted one that had popped out of like one of the older bags. That thing was like that fucking big. But uh, yeah, it's just weird how you can even utilize a, a, mung- a mushroom like that in your grow room. And is that something that you've ever thought about? Like, uh, I mean, I've had the bags. How much? The- I guess. For sure. How much would you need to utilize or actually make a, a use noticeable amount of CO2? So the biggest thing about mushrooms and doing them in totes is going to be air exchange or like intense. If you grow them in like house fantastic for fantastic fungi or funky fungi, that lady, she grows intense or something like that. It's all about sucking out that CO2 and putting in fresh air constantly. So they do put off a lot, and it's going to be in the different stages of it, too. So once they start producing more of a pen and giving you the mushrooms, there's not as much CO2 emitting as when that dude's colonizing and that cake's building up. But it has to... Is there, to, like, a certain light, light cycle for mushrooms? Um... 12-12 is what I got it. But the one in the windows still, I mean, what's the light cycle now? We're at freaking 12 13 right now it's a light cycle we're vegging right now so it has to be around 13 on i think on the windowsill so 12 12 12 12 12 to go shout out says it's blue oyster mushroom bloom so i hear blue oysters will put off a shit ton of spores that's the thing. So if you're growing like a bunch of fucking mushrooms in a room, there's a thing called spore lung. And if you you need to have that air ex, like getting out, exhausting out somewhere. Because if you're in there breathing in all that spores and shit, bro, it could be bad. Bad for your health. You do not. You do not. Chopping up some uh, challenger deep for the second round. That's pretty good. 
So what's uh, the favorite strain you've ran so far out of your growing career? I know that's a corny question that everybody asks, but it's one of the things everybody wants to know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Budweiser, man, I got my Keeper Sweet Tea and um, Mendo Dope, for sure. And the Doctor Who, that's some fucking shit I'll never get rid of. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I don't grow that much mushrooms except for I'm playing around with those gourmets, man. That's where my thing is this these days is uh, the kits, the knowledge, get those out there. And if you watch a bunch of these, like funky fun guy is the ones I go to. She's like literally doing what we're doing with weed. Like how you got your tents back there. She's got just rails or like shelves for these bags of oysters, like the blue oysters, the guy just said in the chat, black oyster, king oysters. She's just got different types of gourmet mushrooms that she harvests. And then she sells down at the local restaurants and stuff that need them. So I'm into like trying to progress into that way. There, can you supplement an income like that? I mean, I mean, how uh, can you produce them fast enough to where you could actually approach a, a nearby restaurant? Yeah, if you got your cycle down, just like how you got your 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 weed down with your veg plants, and then as soon as your bud room's done, you already got your veg done, ready to go in. If you got it set up in a cycle like that, yeah, you can produce weekly amounts of mushrooms. And a lion's mane can go for $10 a mushroom. Really? Yeah, and if you have a whole shelf of those, I'd say, man, you could produce a lot, like pounds. Probably ungodly amounts that you ever thought. Because, like, so here's the way I go off of it, the oysters. My pink oysters that I did, I, my first flush, I got over, I got 37 grams off the first flush. Now, the first flush, that's just one little area, like a little tiny kit. That's not like a big fucking thing that's going to give you more and more every time. But it could get up there, man. Same like how some people are doing like their whole quarter acre of their backyard for like uh, gardening. They have vegetables and stuff and they're making $100,000 a year. Those dudes are on YouTube. You can watch those videos. People making just growing vegetables in their backyard $100,000 a year on just a quarter lot in the city. But the same with the, the mushroom, man. They are fucking knocking it out the park. These little mushroom kits. Are, they uh, kind of replenish themselves as you harvest them. Does the, the spores drop back down and kind of, you know, create get, that life cycle? You get so many flushes because there's so much nutrients in that block. So you're going to get so many flushes. And your first one, from what I've noticed, you don't get as much on the second and third flushes. But the ones that come are bigger. You get bigger mushrooms. And it's just a matter of time until that guy gets contaminated and it's not going to really just do any much. You just want to throw it out. But you can get three flushes out of it, each little block that they, it's like a five pound block of sawdust. <clears throat> Y'all. I'm intrigued by it, dude. It's cool to have a little tip of uh, gourmet mushrooms popping everywhere and seeing how that works. Because I've never grown a lot, uh, a whole bunch of mushrooms, man. This is 
kind of a new adventure for myself as well, dude. You know, it's a neat adventure. I mean, yeah, we've got room and space. Why not? You know, fire around with you know. Uh, they're very nutritious. Why not have some on hand? Everybody yeah. loves to. My area is small too. I just got a two by four tent. They'll set up with the wire shelf in it. So it's not even big at all. It's because behind a little area. And, uh, dude, I'm loving the fucking oysters, bro. But them shits is fishy. Your whole motherfucking area or basement or whatever you got them in is going to smell like a fucking fish factory. It is yeah. crazy. I was like, what the fuck, bro? It's fishy. But. Now, is that something that you could break up and throw in your compost pile or break it up and you know, maybe Hell push yeah. it into your plant? Hell yeah. So when you bring it indoors, it's a sterile environment. It gets contaminated super easy. But if you take that fucking brick or sawdust of some oysters and throw it out in your flower beds or bust it up with some other mulch and stuff or in a tree, I think it'll grow better on trees like rotten trees and stuff. You can inoculate those with it. Let's let it sit around it. Nature seems to take care of everything. Although it's contaminated inside your fucking grow and whatnot, throwing it out in your fucking woods, it fucking nature takes care of it and it fucking it does its thing outside. It's pretty magical to see that as well. Because inside it gets on that. You get trichoderma and shit on that stuff. It just it gets... It'll make you sick too. I've uh, I've gone on vacation and come home and had some like little tubaware things of some little different little myceliums growing and they had just gotten black, right? And I like had opened that shit up to look and just thinking it was gonna be okay instead of doing it cautiously. Bro, I got sick for two days where my fucking kidneys hurt, bro. I couldn't get off the couch. My entire body was just like in pain. And I was just like, just curled up for two days, fucking hurting. And it wasn't my sickness either. It's like, I breathed in some bad spores. That's what happened. That shit can hurt you. I know it's not fun. It's not fun at all. Yeah, this fucking... <laughs> This COVID shit's fucking killing my tolerance, man. <laughs> I just locked it, just fucking chief enjoys fucking like crazy. Like crazy, man. Big old fatties, my tolerance is just over through the roof right now. Sad thing about it is I don't even want to fucking like take a tolerance break. I just keep chiefing down. <laughs> you know what I did? I was talking about this on the other day is uh I've decided since I've wasted so much time smoking and I'm stuck here at home, like the morning routine, I, it got to be like that morning joint and a cup of coffee. And it's like two morning joints and a cup of coffee. Now it's like three morning joints and a cup of coffee. But now I'm like, man, I've got about 45 minutes into this. So now I just fucking pull up the fucking uh, exercise bike and I sit there and just fucking chief joints while I'm fucking. Uh, ready to uh, smoke, you know, while I'm drinking my coffee and shit, so fucking gotta have that I get a little exercise. Yeah, you gotta have a morning wake-up ritual, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right on. A little healthy way, anyway. Well, man, I know you got a 
shit to do and it's late and i appreciate your time man it's been super cool to for you to pop in as long as you have i mean fuck two hours 15 minutes you know we've been yeah, rolling man. now and uh, hope i got shit, some good, good word out there hope i got some good word out there yeah, yeah hit yes, me sir. up on the ig if you guys got questions about psychedelics man i'll try to help you out some therapy i know i've enjoyed sitting here talking to you uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've looked forward to this for a long time. It would all be better if I would have been at one of these events that we're hopefully be able to get back to having. Uh, we could have fucking smoked down and share yeah. some dabs and all that good shit again. But uh, this will do for now, my friend. Oh, Tanase, can I, I have five more minutes of time, brother? Yeah. Five man. more minutes of time. Because yeah. I want to explain something to you and uh, maybe ask you for another favor on the air on the air and on the spot how you like that shit there actually there's two things i want for you brother okay two things two is a fucking soundbite i ask everybody for it because sooner or later these shows are piling up and if i get to like 50 i might like do one of the like radio soundbite type shit things you know what i'm saying okay so where are you tonight and what the fuck are you doing Oh man, we're out here in Denver. It is now eleven thirty-eight, hanging out with my boy Eagle, bro. And we're just, uh, you know. What are you doing though? What's the name of this fucking show? What are you doing? This is the psychedelic talk. We're diving deep into the psyche of each and every one, and we're going to share and spread the knowledge of what the sacred mushrooms can do. Um. The fucking talking shit with Eagle Show. That's the part of that I was like. I I always try to get to everybody to at least throw that. I'm on the fucking talking shit with Eagle Show. Give me that one. I'm a a shit bag, man. Let me, uh, so I'm on the. (laughs) Now you put me on the spot, dude. Now you got me. I do it to everybody. Don't feel bad. This happens every night. Talking shit with Eagle. How, how is it talking shit with Eagle? I'll take show? it. Fucking See, talking at, shit with Eagle. I'm looking at the bar on the Zoom, and it's not what that says, but fucking talking shit with Eagle, yo. That's because I had to uh, kill that first uh, go live attempt, and it just fucking wouldn't let me take the title, so I just went live. I'll fix it after the show. Here we are. I appreciate that. Secondly, um... I want to tell you about something and uh, ask you about your time. And maybe if you have some time on this particular day, you want to donate. Uh, what we're doing here on the channel on 420, uh, Smiley Gardens on uh, one of the late night bonus sessions. Usually, like, after you, like, yourself checks off, I'll uh, maybe check somebody in from the chat there and let them talk shit with me and the other night we joined like four of us together and Smiley came up with a great idea to do on 420. And that's, uh, we're going to do a 24 hour marathon here on 420. And uh, we kind of got, I've got a cherry in mind, which is fuck cancer. It's just a matter of which branch we're going to ask everybody to donate to all day long. And I have, uh, you know, a bunch of people like yourself, hopefully, that are coming on periodically during the day and we're talking shit, but it's going to start uh, at 11, 1130 and 1119 and it's going to go 
24 hours, possibly into the 1121 show. You know what I'm saying? That night of uh, 420. So it'll take me into the next day to that show. You know what I'm saying? It'll probably be better 24 hours. But uh, in that time, we're going to go 24 live constant. And uh, in, in this effort, we're trying to hope to show that people can, we can celebrate this, you know, stoner holiday, if you will, and uh, do something positive about it and uh, gather up and, you know, ask somebody to do, you know, pick charity. We're not handling the money here, uh, you know, ourselves. I'm just going to ask, you know, like I said, we're going to pick a charity and we're going to ask everybody to uh, donate to that PayPal or whatever that link is, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, we're going to ask them to, uh, you know, tell us exactly what we did. And, you know. But we were trying to do something positive. And so far, you know, we've got some cool motherfuckers coming out. Lost Leaf said he'd come on. The Broly's offered up some time of his. Med Grower One will smooth it out through the day. Pedro said he'd pop in at one point. And uh, we've got a lot of other guests. You know, the point, I guess we're, the object of it is we're going to try to uh, stream three people at a time and carry on a you know casual conversation grow related casual i don't give a shit what we're talking about to be honest with you but uh and then uh so it'll like be me and you and then we're gonna have like somebody else come in mid conversation to kind of like free spark it up you know what i mean so there'll be three with uh, staggered intervals of people coming in just to try to keep it fresh but uh if you're interested uh you're just gonna limit you know, to a few people <laughs> You ain't gonna have like eight people. Yeah, like, dude. Fuck no. It's just gonna be like three people, so we can keep it like a banner like this, and maybe one more, and just have a you know more of a casual chat. No like bubble man shit where we have thirty nine people on at once. No, it's gonna be more of a stagger. That's the kind of the point of having somebody come in like uh, mid conversation, so you get a, like a new breath to the conversation somebody else kind of coming in hey how you doing maybe some Makes new questions i like for that you. format that's questions a good format i dig it so yeah. uh would I'm you be interested in something like that maybe stopping in for an hour right or something like that on 420 you know you look at your schedule and just get back to me and say hey man i can do from four to five or whatever and uh I'll try to pencil you in with somebody, you know, just as cool as yourself, you know, somebody else. Cool, cool. Yeah, we can well work out those details. You know. I'm sure I could stop in on the 420, man. That's easy. When you got shit going on with all you know, fucking do some dabs for charity and uh, talk some shit. That'd be completely awesome, man. If you could uh, find some time for that, I'd, I'd appreciate it. And like I said, it shows the community that uh, we have a fucking heart. We're not just thinking about ourselves and getting high on that day. We're, trying to do something right so i'd appreciate it i really would so yeah. make some time. sounds like fun bro i'll be pleasures to be there thank you sir right, with that said you have a great night man and uh I, I can't thank you enough for popping in this has been totally awesome thanks for having me and chat y'all have a good night peace out all right peace brother Nazi's Gardens. How awesome was that? I knew it was going to be a fun night and I really enjoyed it. You know, I've enjoyed seeing him throughout the canvas community through the years and uh, now hearing his story, I uh, respect the man even more. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I knew I was going to have fun tonight and it did not disappoint. 
So it is that portion of the show where uh, somebody, if they'd like, would uh, jump in. We got any volunteers tonight? I see Charlie's Farm, Smiley's Gardens. You want to uh, jump in and talk about that uh, that event we were just talking about? That marathon, that charity marathon. Our 420, 24 hour talking shit marathon. Idea man, Smiley Gardens on that. You guys would like to jump in i'll uh, throw you some digits since i get this uh stupid phone to fire up i invite you guys to uh roll one up and while i'm trying to uh lay out some digits here and get ready for the next round i'd appreciate that uh in the meantime why don't you shout out uh what you're smoking on and uh kind of raise your hand let's see who's left let's see 32 watching let's see uh which thing to I still here? Want to pull up this Instagram and uh, try to uh, pass out some numbers to some cool folks, see if they'll pop in and talk to me for a minute. Want to make sure and get these two gentlemen on, or at least give them first uh, offers, because I wanted them to jump in yesterday, but. Uh, Unfortunately, huh? my computer started acting up and uh, they weren't able to pop in. Charlie says he's down. Smiley, you already got the digits. Sorry for the dead air. Dead air, dead air, dead air. I hate when I do that. I want to sometimes forget that. Uh, I've smoked a couple of joints and I'm live on the air while I'm trying to do something. Smiley says he'd be down in a few, so hell yeah. So I got my joint going. I have a couple of cool motherfuckers on their way. Nutrients. All right. Well, I'll shoot you the, the test soon there. Nutrients. Why not? A new face gets you to pop in. So we'll offer nutrient shootouts uh, if I can pop in tonight. Boom. Nutrients, you have the number. So we got three offers out tonight. Hi, Stephanie. How you doing tonight? Watching uh, my TV, but still here trimming away. Nice to, for you to pop in. Where are you guys at? Dr. Dink. Scene. I appreciate you for dropping in. Oh, later. I appreciate you popping in. I really do. Let's roll through the chat here. Let's see you off. Rosicrucian Prophet. Hello. Nice that you, you dropped in tonight. Jill Carter, of course. Uh, nice seeing you as well. Southwest Okie. I recognize that name from uh, Instagram. How you doing tonight? Glad you could pop in. What else? It's cool. Motherfuckers, we got here. Don't take that as a way. We got Smiley popping in. Oh man, I missed my screen. There we go. Michelle F. I got some. I know I just screwed that up, but uh, hello, how you doing? What's up, Smiley? Blanket, how you doing? Waltz. I know I just put you there, but hello, how you doing? How you doing tonight, Smiley? Good, man. 
good. Fucking talking shit with Eagle. It's not that hard. <laughs> dude, that was great. It's funny, dude. Tanazi's awesome. Dude. I know. It was cool. I got a lot more respect for him, too. That was pretty awesome here. His story, all that. I liked uh, Lost Leaf the other night when we when I asked him, and he was like, kind of like, what else can I tell him? I'm a fucking polar feed. I'm high. <laughs> like, no, man. <laughs> I, I think it's funny, though. I really appreciate uh, them doing that, spitting that out. But someday or another, I'm going to either do it myself or maybe somebody cool and check and uh, snag those up for me and loop them together. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. You never know. Or something, you know. Pretty cool though. He's he signed up for the four twenty there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still gotta lock you in down for a time spot there. Uh, what? Well, I got you in front of me. Do you have a time? Uh, you your preference to? All right. You know what, Smiley? Are you open that day? How is? Let's do this. This is what I want to know. What uh, what is what is your like not available time? And uh, let's go that route. Um, because uh, like a there's five some cool day. people. Either in the morning or afternoon, I need a like a five hour chunk to do my thing. But other. Well, I what I'm getting at here, brother, is uh. Since this is your idea, I want to make sure and place you in like a good spot. Stop. Insane. So, you know, um, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I, I really so don't. I don't have any. So I'm going to, I guess why I'm I'm asking this because uh, I, I, I want to put you in last, I guess, or closer to last. So after I get a good idea of where everybody's at, then I can go. I want to put smiley right there. Yeah, do that. <laughs> I'll play fill in. It's uh, so far. Let me uh, write uh, this last one in here. So far, actually, there's another one I forgot to write. You ready for this, Les? Already? I was hoping to talk to you earlier in chat. What's up, Let again, Tim? How you doing tonight? Uh, all right. I'll this fire is what, who we've had. You're more than welcome. You, you're more than welcome to invite anybody else you want on this shit. So, we have you. We have Brad Setter Farms. We have Charlie's Farms. That uh, oh, uh, he's he's right there actually waiting for me to let him. All right, Charlie's Farms said he'd donate some time to this. Uh, the so, American one said uh, said he'd throw in uh, some time on this. Uh, Skillable, Skillable One, uh, said he'd throw in his time. Sequence is going to throw some time in on this. We have Abolished Farms throwing in some time on this. Spartan Grown is throwing in time on this. Nutrient Shootouts, <clears throat> excuse me, is throwing in on this. Pagroli uh, is throwing in on this. T-Dog is throwing in on this. Uh, Sonia, wait, what? Who was our guest last night? Will be in on this. Med Grower One will be in on this some point of the day. 
uh, Tenancy's Garden will be in on this. And Pedro Ew. said he would have been some, some point through the day. So we're doing pretty good so far, I think. Uh, Everybody hear me okay? Yeah, man. Yes, sir. Well, How smiley. You good tonight? to see you. Fantastic. Fantastic. What a great show. What a great show. Tanazi. I've been following him for years, a couple of years anyway. Great guy. It's good to yeah, see him. I, great guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I didn't know much about him. What a great story he has. Great story. Good work he's doing too. When was the last time you guys indulged in shrooms? You don't mind me asking. Tonight. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. I got some in my freezer, but I haven't touched it for a while. Careful the questions you ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not trying to pry too much. I'm just organized. I got to get some cloning done. Uh, oh, Sonia yeah, was hot last funny. night too. She, she was good. Yeah, that dropped a lot of great knowledge. Yeah, she was, uh, was uh, super great. I knew she was uh, so many credits to her, you know, the writer, artist, roller trimmer, lab technician. Yeah. <laughs> knew it was going to be a good interview. I was slightly in a, intimidated, to be honest with you. It worked out. It was a good one. Yeah. She knew it's stuff, man. She was impressive. Smiley, the idea, man. How you doing? Yeah, right, smiling. Good, man. I'm a little wore out. I was just been freaking trying to finish rotation, trimming, and yeah, holly popping and speed skipping. You know, usual. Sure. Yeah, yep. Yeah. We all sign up for it, I guess. That's right. Wouldn't want it any other way, right? <laughs> no, man. I ain't complaining. It's just. Yeah, I always say that. I always sound like I'm bitching, but I'm really not. <laughs> you know. What you working on tonight, brother? Uh, I have, I, yeah, I have. I, I, I was supposed to fill this cloner like two weeks ago, and uh, I finally got around to it. It turned into my veg, my veg area for a minute, you know, and uh, I let the pump go. So I just got a, I just got a new, a new pump from. Easy cloner off Amazon, so I'm gonna fire her up tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm gonna fire her up tonight, and then um, I mean, I always have I have a backup. I got another 64 site that I have for a backup. It's still in the box. I haven't even opened it yet, but I double up my collar sometimes. Anyway, I'll put two cuts in a collar, no problem, you know. So just to save on space. Let's welcome uh, nutrient shootouts to the chat. It's a uh, first time. I'm fucking talking shit with Eagle. Welcome. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm tired. I was just trying to see if this thing's going to work. My internet's kind of slow, so. Uh, got my nice mic set up. Got my headphones, so. Seems like it's okay so far. 
Are you guys hearing me all right? Sounds no good. Problems. Okay. Nutrient. Cool. Pleasure, man. Good, good. Very cool to meet you, man. Yeah. Nice to meet you guys, too. I've been, I've been busy in the gardens. Things are, uh, you know, getting, like, close to halfway in flowering, so... So it's been uh, it's been pretty busy. Yeah, I bet. tell us a little bit about it. Things are looking pretty good over there. In fact, why don't you here? Why don't you go ahead and uh, you know, plug that shit. Tell everybody where to find you about your your series so, there. You can actually get to all my social networks and the YouTube and everything through through uh, nutrientshootouts.com. All my socials are on there. Um, I have right now uh, what was going to be my, my 12K GPS setup was uh, going to be a six-way powered shootout, but it was too much effort, so I just did a four-strain floor flex run. So we've got Galactic Jack, uh, Monkey Mints, Primal Punch, the uh, Lost Leaf F1, and uh, Big Smooth from Exotic Genetics in there right now. So, and everything's coming along really, really nicely. It's just in pure cocoa and air pots. It's flood and drain. There's six four four by eight flood and drain tables with two uh, big raptor hoods above them uh, per table, and then 100 gallon reservoirs. And it's in pure cocoa. We're using a whole lot of uh, organically done forex mycos in the soil just to give uh, a rhizosphere and for the roots. And then we're using um, green microbiotics, uh, basically for the inoculant. And uh, and just Floriflex, no silico this round, no recharge, anything like that. And it's just killing it. Just like it did the last time in the front of the barn, which is the photography studio, I had all the new Cultilux uh, CMH hardware that I was testing for those guys and, and doing the light meters and, and testing older ballasts to make sure the stuff would fire for them. And uh, yeah, that GMO and that Zookies and stuff, that stuff is just incredible. So, and the Primal Punch F1. So. So yeah, everything's been running incredibly well. We're at a thousand watts for each hood. Uh, what else can I say? Uh, we're hitting 77 degrees of lights on. We're trying to hit 65. Uh, humidity, uh, when the lights are off, we're going down as low as maybe 72. And we're only spiking to 71 humidity. But I have to go out there pretty much every day, and and uh, it's a pretty analog setup. If you look at my YouTube videos, um, I basically have filtered uh, twin eight-inch fans pulling in air, and then I've got it going through carbon filters, through the lights, through some ozone generators, and then out the building. So, so there's no smell, and uh, and I got variable speed controllers on the incoming air, outgoing air. I've got an old autopilot for my environmental controller, but. And I've got Z-Wave switches, uh, Z-Wave outlets. Everything is Samsung SmartThink controlled. So all my watering, my extra air pumps, uh, my extra heater, all that stuff is, is just plug it into the outlet and set it on your phone. And so if it seems like it's getting too hot or I don't want the, the Sentinel, the environmental controller, to bring in too much air or anything because maybe the humidity is spiking, I can just turn off the other space heater on my phone. So... So it's a really nice setup. It's a little different than what a lot of people do. Um, you know, above the 12K, I have a 6K. Typically, it's metal halide setup in the old, um, they call them melon heads. They're really just cool tubes with reflectors. But that's like 
that's like a sub LBC 6k where it's only like over like a, a, a 10 by 8 footprint so it's a ton of light but you put metal halides in there at 1100 watts per ballast and it veges like you wouldn't believe and there's really no stretch because there's so much light intensity so so it really kills off the stretch which is nice you can make bushes you can take the hedge trimmers to them cut them down and they'll recover in, in days and uh and they got stall mats up there. Um, the website, the main picture that comes up on the website is actually uh, like three years back uh, grow of the upstairs 6K. And uh, and so, so yeah, the 12K flood and drain uh, basically just feeds four times a week. Uh, three and a half gallon air pots. I like the air pots um, because when you flood the table, you know, the density of the cocoa capillary action suck up all the water pretty much to the top, which is nice. So water's only this tall, the pot's this tall, but you still get full hydration. But the beauty of it is when the water recedes, the, the gravity pulls it out of the air pot. And since there's holes everywhere in the pot, the air comes in everywhere. And the roots are just explosive. And so the growth is explosive. And that's another reason why a lot of people, you know, recommend cocoa. To be able to grow, you know, what people had to grow in seven gallon root maker pots, they can now grow in three and a half gallons. So less soil and, you know, bigger, bigger plants, bigger buds, bigger yield. So I'm shooting to pull another 24 pounds minimum off of this or two, two, two pounds per light, you know, off the, of, off of HPS. It's pretty solid. So um, that's what we pulled the last time. Total harvest between the 48 plants in the barn and the and the, the LED stuff we had down here was, was over 40. So so not too bad for 72 plant count. Um, so in the basement now, I do have a four-way loaded soil shootout. So I'm doing um, uh, dairy dew against uh, Detroit Nutrient Companies just add water. The dairy dew is the veg mix because that was more recommended. And then I've got bad bunny nutrients in pure cocoa because I thought it'd be a little abstract. You know, everybody's gonna probably run Bad Bunny in, in ProMix or some regular type of soil. So I wanted to do it in pure cocoa. And I have a four by four tent also just running pure cocoa as a control that's getting the rooted leaf nutrients, which is part of another feature um, two way that I'm doing. And then I've got, which I think is the more exciting part, the Bad Bunny nutrients versus M3. Uh, Nikki has always grown with M3 always told me about it. I've always had a bag, never ran it. And of course, Spartan Grown, which I didn't know runs with it commercially. So, and yeah, it seems to do really well. I'm really impressed with the M3 so far. I just added the pop of poo, I think day, day 10 here in flower. So I just added it to really get that, 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 you know, P, but you know, PK boost ready for the long haul. So and yeah, they're, they're coming along swimmingly throughout the whole uh, veg and flower so far. The M3 has been the, the darkest, most nitrogen rich, bigger leaves, best expression, I think all the way around. Uh, Bad Money did well. It seemed like it, it kept going deficient. Um, these are also, so the tents are four by eight tents, identical tents with identical uh, LED lights. There's three lights a piece in each, and it's a total of about a thousand watts in each tent with two oscillating fans, smaller fans. So it's a it's a really duplicatable, you know, identical shootout, and it's all 240 volt setup. And uh, so everything is, 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 is identical, the same three and a half gallon air pots. And, uh, and, and 
I would say for veg, the, 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 the DNC and the, and the dairy dude, you know, weren't overly impressive, but they're definitely catching up uh, here in flowering. And it's almost, it's almost too hard to tell. So lab testing, I'm going to do a BRICS reading soon. And then uh, green microbiotics, not green microbiotics, um, microbiometer, I'm actually going to do uh, soil microbials to see what the preservation of, is like in microbials. They, they always get the same one gallon every other day, one gallon every other day of 6.2 pH water and Epsom salts, and that's it. I did one run of recharge just to put something different in there, give me some humics and foldics, but, um, but basically they just are getting just that water. So they, they, the, the pinks and purples, I'm, I'm keeping the humidity upwards of like 80. So I, I, I watch my uh, humidity in each tent and make sure that, that we're keeping the humidity like in the 70s and 80s and the temperatures at like 82 because with purples, the, the leaf temp issues is definitely more prominent and uh, so you have to chase VPD with higher humidity, but there's again enough airflow that I don't have to worry about mold and mildew. They've all been IPM the Lost Coast like four times, so there's no bugs, there's no anything on them. Uh, so it's a, it's been a phenomenal growth so far. Um, but yeah, a little bit higher leaf temperatures, so a little bit higher humidity throughout, and so I got to really watch that. But uh, but lots of Epsom salt. Like I learned that last year, my pheno hunt of 2019, 36 strains, lots of stuff ended up down here in the LED tents, and uh, you know, three leaf plants stressed out, purple as hell. Like, so yeah, that whole higher leaf temperature, higher humidity, and then a lot of a lot of magnesium. So, but so far so good. Everything's looking great. I mean, I can't I can't really get these things. To not be purple, like you know, the Floriflex out there in the 12K, you know, that's we're still doing like two tablespoons per gallon out there in the 12K, but they seem to like it. Actually, I've been able to back off once I got into flowering. I've been trying to maintain 6.2 pH out there, and I've been actually able to back off down to about one tablespoon. They're not craving it nearly as much, and and out there we're day 20 today would be what day 26 now. So we're day 20, no, yeah, day 26 in flower. And uh, yeah, they've, they've stopped stretching and they're starting to stack like crazy. So yeah, everything's looking really good. The last YouTube video I put up, everybody's basically yelling at me to, to lollipop the, the lowers. So, so I've been trying to get out there and I've got some of them done, but I got to get me and Nikki out there and, and lollipop those, those lowers. But a lot of airflow out there. The 12K is a nice setup. You know, it, it's technically, it's pretty old tech but it works really well. I mean, it's worked incredibly well. I'm, I'm a big fan of flood and drain. It's, I work, I'm a full-time IT. And so I'm always, always busy. And that kind of room is just like set it and forget it. A lot of spray foam, seal the walls, paint the floors every time. I mean, cleanliness. I'm, I was just on my hands and knees two days ago with a towel, you know, I, I scrub the floors. I keep that place real clean. And of course I use ozonated water um a lot so i don't have to deal with any pottery mildew issues or anything to sterilize so and then you can spray it right on the plants and there you go i mean so that's another little little trick i do that i'm trying to get more people to know about but haven't made that video yet 
So I've got a little DIY uh, ozone generator. I'm trying to put all the links together and, and it's something people can build quickly to make ozonated water and get it in sprayer and spray it wherever they need it for powdery mildew. But I'm waiting for some, uh, some outdoor plants to actually get PM on them so I can close them all down and, and show that it actually works. So instead of playing, instead of, you know, you're gonna spray something with water regardless on your plants, if, even if you're doing like, like wettable sulfur, why not just spray something that's gonna kill everything? So not have to rinse it. So, so I've had I've had good luck with uh, ozone for a while. I just upgraded my whole water softener system to ozone, and and so I'm using potassium chloride salt in a water softener uh, with ozone front end, and uh, and it's gotten me down to less than like 100 ppm. And since it's not sodium, I don't have to worry about it. Even if my reverse osmosis filters, you know, clog up, I don't have to worry about any extra sodium getting into my water. So. Yeah, a lot of little crazy stuff, but uh, but the 12K, but the but the the 4K LED down here is basically kind of like uh, kind of like Eagle. It's a uh, it's a tent city. I've got uh, I've got my uh, my DIY five puck grow mouse, I guess Gen two with the reds, um, that I built just basically using half notched aluminum and made like a little hashtag checkerboard and you hang it diagonally, it's 600 watt setup. So I'm pushing 100, about 133 watts to each puck. I'm pushing them hard as hell. Those heat sinks are so big, you don't have to worry about it. And they, they do really well. Uh, right, actually behind me, I've got uh, my HLG QB288s with another 600 watt driver and I'm working on the same pretty much checkerboard design. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them put them two by two and just, you know, on the ends of a four foot aluminum bar and just cross them and then hang them diagonally the same way. So I might inset them by about six inches a piece. So I have to actually hang them and pull out my light meter. I've got a, I've got a light meter and figure out exactly what the reflection is in this common tent, which I use my Vivo Sun tent because it's the most reflectability. But, but I figure out where the best uh, light reflection and, and the, the most even light uh, spread is going to be. And then I'll, I'll finally have that light built. So, and then, uh, yeah, I got, uh, and then I got, I got more blur pools here right now. That's holding the, um, the other shoot on I'm doing, which I have to film. It's been like three weeks since I did an update, but it's the easy swap pot versus rapid stack pot. And we're almost to the point of actual transplant. So I should be filming a uh, transplant video within a few days um, with that. And then that's featuring the rooted leaf nutrients. And it says my connection's unstable, but it seems like it's working. So, and that's featuring the rooted leaf nutrients. So it's a pretty good nutrient line so far from what I've seen. But it's, it's one of those that you gotta mix it, feed right then and there. Um, cause it'll kind of go a little, a little weird on you if you try to let it set in a reservoir. Um, likes to become a little microbial, too active and then consume itself. But, uh, and then, uh, yeah, in that same tent, I've got 12, 12 strains that I was phenol hunting January 1st. Um, Panda Macush that I got from Spanibus, uh, 
bunch of Bruce Banners from Dark Horse Genetics. I got popped. I've got a bunch of Grease mon Monkeys, which I just went uh, and veg-sexed them all. And uh, I've pulled out four male Grease Monkeys so far. <laughs> Uh, way more than anything else. I've got uh, Goliath Growers or Twisted Roots, um, Mac and Cheese, Mac and Berries, Pops. Uh, shit. I got uh, Doji for Motion Grown Seeds. Uh, what else? Do I, I want to give a shout out to my daughter, oh, Alexis, here that's uh, in chat, man. What's up, Lexi? How you doing, baby girl? Okay. I'm not even you looking at you. Kids love, man. My baby. Yes, they had. So, what are you smoking on over there, Charlie? I fucking see you rolling, breaking some shit up. What are you breaking up over there, brother? Yeah. My blueberry fuel. It's, uh, I got, I sifted this years ago. Um, it must be at least seven years now. Uh, I, a friend of mine, uh, his company is uh, Sour Seed Co. Uh, out of Colorado. And um, when he first moved out there, must have been about six, seven years now, he uh, he sent me a bunch of packs to try, and um, and he was pretty well established in his own right. But um, so he got this, he got this, um, he got the number eight OG, the uh, OG Kush number eighteen cut from Swerve over at LAC Connection, and he and he. Uh, he tossed it, I believe, on the um, on a blue dream that he had, and it came up with a uh, with this one, and it's uh, still one of my favorite smokes. Uh, it's the number one still requested over the last five years. Now, behind me, I have close to twenty or twenty-four strains, and who knows how many I've gone through since I've been at this, you know, this facility here. But um, it's it still is. It's the number one. I mean, it, I. I between this, the Primal Punch, I have a real, you know, I have the real Hell's OG, like I was telling you before from Swerve, you know, that I actually, um, that I still have. And, uh, but, um, but let me, let me think. Primal is definitely, I got like five right now that I, that I love, but the Blueberry Fuel's already been, it has always been in the mix. It's got a, uh, you know, uh, if you get anxiety from smoking, you don't want to smoke this one because it'll give you a lot of energy. It's got a yeah. kick in the in the back end of it. It definitely has a little <laughs> nice little 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 come down on it, uh, real mellow. But um, you know, I'll get that ten or fifteen minute little little rush in the beginning. You know, and uh, but um, yeah, the primal punch is definitely. I just took some primal. My last. Uh, you know, I got a, I have a perpetual at this place too, you know, mm -hmm. just like you Eagles. And, um, I let one of the primals go a little bit longer than I usually let it go just because I, uh, a couple of people, I'm going to see if they, they cancer patients, they can't sleep. I'm going to see if it'll knock them out. I let it actually go about 10 and a half weeks. I saw one, one Nana stop up and I took it down today. So, um, it came out pretty good. Some colors started to come out. I, my temps weren't getting as low as I uh, I usually can let them get in the summer. I let them go a little bit lower in the summer than I would in the winter, just because I want to keep an eye on the PM, obviously. So winter, uh, I'm a little bit more cautious, not going below 73 at night, you know. 
And uh, I try to do the VPD during the day. Um, I try. I'm not. Uh, my this place here isn't dialed in. I I can't do it. It's I'm always playing with the environment here. It's a real old mill I'm in. So, um, but I do. I try to keep it around 85, 86 during the day, and I try to keep my humidity. You know, I have the CO2 that helps, so I can run the high attempts as well, obviously, and then get that humidity up there a little bit more with that kick. So I can get up to about 65 occasionally. You know, if it's raining outside, I can maybe hit 70% humidity during the day. But that's that that can be hit or miss. So so answer to your question with the long answer, I'm smoking on the blueberry fuel. I haven't smoked all day really. I took a couple of hits earlier. I've just been procrastinating about getting work done and with my daughter home, the school. And um, and then with the holidays and everything lately, I haven't been here as, as much as I am, but as much as I should be. But I, I've also been procrastinating like crazy. But you know, I, I pretty much live at this spot. I got a couple other flooding drains, small, six Ks. I, I got a tier two license. That's a totally different subject. Nice. Just for me personally, though. Yeah, I, you know, I have partners, obviously. You know, you need deep pockets around here, just like anywhere. You need deep pockets to get anything done. Grease, grease those wheels. But um, but this is the this is my favorite place. I've been here. This is you know, it's just kind of my baby. It was one of the first commercial facilities I ever got into, and it was about ten or twelve years ago. I can't remember exactly. Right before my daughter was born, and she's eight, so it's got to be at least two, two and a half years before she was born. We got in here, and then. Um, so I have a little thing for it. It's a real pain in the ass, you know. Uh, I finally got a three ton for the main room over there, which is just a five k. Uh, runs on two forty. I got everything on two forty, but I have. The way I got in here, if you want to hear the story, anybody want to even hear the story how I got in here? Uh, I have I have a friend of mine I grew up with, and uh, he uh, he he had a grow in his apartment back in 1994, 95, 96, something like that. And, um, a small grow started out, you know, uh, and I mean like he must've had CFLs or something in there. I mean, you know, nothing. It was, it was, uh, you know, um, his first grow and, uh, he just loaded up a closet, you know, and, uh, he did all right with it. I mean, for what he had for lights and everything. I mean, I, I remember seeing the product and thinking, all right, so, 10 years now I grew up with this kid. So I've known him my whole life. So about, you know, 10 years go by, you know, we talked here and there, but you know, we weren't hanging or anything like that. So he calls me up one day, actually, I was in the hospital in 2010, dead on the table, the work spent almost a year in the hospital, um, viral infection in my spinal fluid and all that. And, um, so, uh, so when I got out, I was, you know, I, I was a different person and I, I was like, I'm not going to let the time go by, you know, no regrets, as they say. So I called him up. I hadn't talked to him in 10 years. And he's like, hey, guess what I'm doing? And I said, I, I said, you know, obviously I'm like, yeah, what? And he's like, you know, I'm doing what, what you've done, you, you know, your whole life. He goes, uh, and I've got a spot, a commercial spot or, you know, at least a commercial facility. And he goes, you know, he goes, uh, and he, and how would you like to come in? You know, I mean, 
that's the kind of friends we were. You know what I mean? We, we've always trusted each other, all that. So it wasn't as though we had to go play catch up again. It was as though we had never, you know, not talked. So he had a partner originally here, I guess. And uh, as partners go, usually bad falling out. So, but I'm thinking the whole time within those 10 years, he's been progressing. He's been, you know, advancing his knowledge and, and, and doing the work. And I'm thinking, you know, he's got a setup like this. He, he's got to know his shit. You know what I mean? So after we had the falling out with this guy, he brings me down. Finally, I said, all right, I, I really didn't want to get in, you know, you know how partnerships can go. So I kind of didn't want to get in a partnership and cause I had my own thing going at the time. I didn't need to come down here. And, um, so, uh, so finally, uh, I was managing a chain of hydro stores for, for this guy. And, um, and, uh, he, I, you know, I was giving him the discount. So he was coming in and getting some equipment and stuff like that. So, uh, and he kept asking, you know, like, dude, you gotta come down. I got the spot. We had a bad falling out. You know, you gotta come down. You know, I, I really like to get in there. And so finally, after like two years of him asking me every time we saw each other, he, uh, I, I, I said, all right, I'll go down and at least see the place, you know? So, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> um, so, so he brings me down here and he hasn't done anything since he had the bad falling out. And I guess the partner smashed the door down. Um, they had a, they had a, uh, kind of like a flood and drain, but what he had, they had the reservoir with the controller and it was pumping into, um, I believe it was 12 sites in here. Um, the big 20 gallon bins from, uh, from Walmart you can get, and he had them, he had them on rises off the floor. He had, two inch pipe coming down to a manifold split off to two zones, six and six. And then he had, um, and you know, obviously go down and they would feed up from below, you know? And, um, the guy smashed everything, the manifolds that they made took, took, uh, I guess, you know, the six of the best out of the 12 plants or whatever, but he was still, he was still growing. So he had, he had some plants here and, uh, but he had, <clears throat> They built the place by themselves. This place used to be empty. It was just open floor space. It's an old mill. All you did at the time was just uh, take a tape measure and measure out what you wanted, to, where you wanted to build your walls, and they just charge you for the square footage that you were going to build. So, um, so they built everything themselves. But they never. Now the guy that was his partner was was just a, a ripoff artist, and and you know like, you know, he invested ten grand, my friend. I mean, 15 grand, the guy took off with like seven grand of it. So they never built it right to begin with. The only thing they had done right was the, was the electrical, but the only thing out of the electrical they left out was anything to cool. So they weren't cool in the place. So the day I come in here, the first day I come in here, he's got, he's got 4k going in this room that I'm sitting in right now. That's my bedroom. And, uh, uh, it's 104 degrees in here. And all he has is a, a little, I don't know, 11,000. It's actually sitting right here still all this time because i will pull it out occasionally if i if i need it uh but i don't really care and veg too much but anyway uh it was like a portable ac unit it was pumping out more heat than it was frigging you know extracting for christ's sakes and it was 104 and so i'm asking him questions and he's really not answering me he's just more excited than i'm down here and he, he picks up i'm like dude where's your where's your ac i said what you got a split unit in the back or something because you know i just couldn't see anything i'm like you know with it how you cool in this place He's like, oh no! He just shows me this little portable air conditioner, and uh, and then he picks up a uh, 
So, you know, you got to remember the whole time I'm thinking to myself going, all right, he knows what he's doing. I mean, that's why he has me coming down here. This is why he has this place. And uh, so he picks up a jug of water, a, a gallon sprayer, and he starts going around spraying, the, you know, lights are full blast, obviously. Uh, and he starts spraying them down with water. And I'm looking at him like, you know, listen, I'm not one to insult somebody. I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticize your work. You got your way of doing it. Uh, I got nothing to say about it except good work, man. If that's what you're going to do, because you know how it is, especially when I worked at the stores, mm. you know, you can, you can suggest everything in the world, but you know, most of the time when people ask you a question, they already have the answer before you even start talking. So, um, cause they really don't want to really ask the question. Mm. Um, you know, so, so anyway, so, He's praying, he's praying these things 104 and I'm looking at him like, all right, he must know something I don't know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and I asked him, I said, what the hell are you, what the hell are you spraying water for on these things? You get your lights blasted. First of all, what are you just spraying water for anyway? You know, uh, I probably asked him, you know, you, just something stupid, like, you know, is that a, is, is that a foliar spray or, you know, I mean, the lights were blasting. So I, I who knows, you know, this is a while ago. So, but I was confused. I was like, you know, what the hell is he doing? And uh, and so he convinces me to come down here. I had to do a midnight move. This was before it was legal in Massachusetts. I had to do the midnight move. So middle of the afternoon, I'm freaking dragging freaking 24 plants from my house down, down to the spot, you know, down Southern Mass. And uh, so I get everything in here and, you know, we come to an agreement and all that stuff. Well, you know, sure enough, it comes to come to find out within the first month that he doesn't know anything. He hasn't kept up with anything. This guy that was his partner just convinced him because they could get this space to invest 15 G's. And, you know, they thought they were just going to be in cannabis heaven. You know what I mean? Literally, that was their, their mindset. So after about two months, uh, he's got MS too, my friend. Mm -hmm. So after about two months, he gets his third DUI and his parents, uh, his, his sister and brother. Uh, he's a rich kid. His father, actually, I don't know if you guys know Arthur Anderson, who, what Arthur Anderson is. It's the top five out of the big five accounting firms. And his mm -hmm. father was one of the founding partners back in the 50s and 60s. So, you know, this, he's got money. He doesn't need to worry about it. But they said they were going to cut him off if he didn't stop doing what he was doing down, down here with me. He's, you know, they were just being realistic. Like, you can't do that. You got MS, you got this, you got that. We're not going to pay for the lawyer to get you off if you continue to do so. So after about three months, now he was supposed to be the money man. He was supposed to pay the bills. I was going to put all the, you know, I was going to do all the work. I didn't care. You just make sure those bills are paid and buy anything I need for equipment. That's that, that was, our, that was right off the top. I said, you know, we got to fix this place. So, uh, so, he just came in one day after, I don't know, we were here about four months. He just goes, uh, I'm out. And I'm like, what? Right in the middle of the month. We hadn't even gotten our first crop in yet. You know, he thought in the beginning, you know, as we were getting things going, we kept, we kind of finished off the, the plants I brought down here from the midnight move in flower. Uh, I didn't care about, you know what I mean? They were in DWC buckets. I, I, I was just coming down here whenever I could because I was moving at the same time too, obviously, because I was in my in my house, you know. And um so I had to move to another place at the time. So uh so I just I didn't even care. I was just coming down here whenever I could every three, four days. Some of the buckets would be bone dry. They were just in five gallon, regular five gallon black buckets, and uh, you know, they'd be bone dry. I just taught them off with regular water. I didn't care. Just I just, you know, I had other things I had to worry about. So um in the meantime, we got spider mites because I wasn't down here. Every other 
every three, four days I was getting down here. And every day I couldn't get down here. I was having him come down here at the time. So I got, I got mites right up the rip. So, um, so we, you know, so I, I'm dealing with the mites. I finally got, got control of the mites, get them out of here. Uh, and then, so, so he thought, you the first, to get a hold yeah, of it? yeah. Uh, what's that? What I use? Yeah. I just, yeah, I, what did you use yeah. to get a hold of them? As, I just used the Asmax. I just blast them with Asmax. I, I, I was probably hitting them. Uh, I was probably filling that. I got a one gallon, I got a five gallon backpack sprayer. I, I got a fogger, but this place is kind of too small to use the fogger. Um, and, uh, but I use a one gallon. It's my kind of my go-to when I just, I, I put, uh, I, I'd overfill it a little bit. So it's probably about a gallon and a quarter, gallon and a half, gallon and a third, whatever. And I throw 60 mils of friggin' Asmax in it and blast them, you know? And, uh, and I didn't even care the product in the end. I, like I said, I couldn't even use it. So it, you know, I, I don't even know at the time what I was thinking. I just remembered like I, I had a move. I just wanted to keep my veg plants and my clones going is all I really cared about. So we had two lights going in here to finish off those little shit plants. And then I had a couple of T5s in the other room. That's my main room down here now. And uh, the bill was coming up to about a thousand bucks a month. You know what I mean? So uh, as soon as I fired everything up though, and we started getting a $2,500 bill every month, he was in shock. And I, and I looked at him going, well, what did you think was going to happen once we had all the bells and whistles going? I said, you know, it's not cheap, you know, especially being in a, in a uh, uh, industrial commercial zone building, you know, your, your electrical is going to be a little bit more expensive. So, um, but either way, so halfway through the month, he just kind of, four months in, he just kind of said, see you later. We hadn't even pulled the first crop down yet. So thankfully I had some friends that helped bail me out. And, um, and it's the guy that who I actually have the tier two with now. And, um, and uh, that's how I came to get the spot. He just kind of bailed on me. So I ended up getting the spot. Um, after that though, the big problem was after, now I stayed in DWC down here. I, I had so many friggin' air pumps going because I didn't have a research system. I took his system apart because it was crap anyway. He had actually made, he went to the dump and got old couch cushions and made more pito out of the couch cushions. You know, you know that stuff is. It's basically that's all it is anyway is, is couch cushions cut up in the chunks mm -hmm. but he went to the dump so they had aphids in them root aphids so next thing i know because i wasn't down here especially that first couple of weeks i uh actually almost a month i thought i was getting fungus gnats every time i came down here i thought they were fungus gnats and i really wasn't looking at them too closely and then once i got them on the scope i said oh shit man because I had never had root aphids either. So I really wasn't, didn't know what I was looking for. But when I saw those exhaust pipes on the tail end of those fucking bugs, man, mm -hmm. I knew what I had. And I had them so bad. I mean, I had them, there was a, talk about an infestation. I had to chop everything down and just start from, from, from scratch. And that's what I did. I got a couple of clones from a friend of mine that's dependable, who's got, actually got a, a brick and mortar story. He's, he's just about to get up, just about to get open. Who knows now with the Corona thing going on, but he's been working on getting a store open for the last three years. He's got all the licensing. He's just waiting for the last minute from the state. But like I said, who knows now, but they are building. They are in the process of building finally. So, but that's how so I got Pedro this. yesterday. 
with a fucking burning in its mask saying, I'm fucking done with this shit. Who's with me? I got a falcon bill. I feel the same way, man. This fucking coronavirus is just kicking everything in the ass. It fucking yeah. Squishes. Yeah. It just needs to be over. I think it's a lot of it's propaganda they're pushing to it. What's up, Abolish Farms? Pop it in there. I didn't mean to cut you off, Charlie. Oh, no worries, uh, man. I know I injected can. on that Karana shit. And it's just, it, man, it's just the advance and everything. It's heartbreaking that the gent is putting it on the economy. What's up, Smiley's Gardens? What you chiefing on over there? All quiet, like just hanging in, fucking mm-hmm. patiently smoking that joint. What are you smoking on over there? Oh, uh, shit, man. I just had some uh, sweet thing by Archive. It's a new one I got rocking, but. Just smoke my own. That's all. Oh. That and, uh, uh, me too. Me too. Yeah, raspberry. That's what I was going to ask uh, Charlie. He said he had 22 different strains and five are his favorite. And I was going to ask why he has so many then. Uh, <laughs> so many patients. This mm-hmm. is kind of where I keep, uh, I'll do a lot of sifting. I'll do, I'll crack my beans here, <clears throat> sift through, you know, 30 beans. I'll do, sometimes I'll do, uh, Either six strains, five beans each, or do uh, five strains, six beans. Uh, when it came to uh, med grower, I crack, uh, you know, just a pack with him. But I do at least five strains at a time cracking them. But it's because I have so many patients and I have so much variety. I need the variety in order to compete in the Boston, in the Boston area. I need the variety, and I have. Uh, so that's the main reason. I mean, the bottom line is like I need the variety in order to compete. You know, so. Yep, same thing. I'm going to be getting rid of a few of them soon. I'm going to start, you know, that's what the 420, I think I'm going to crack uh, probably another five or six strains. Do a little more sifting right before the heat comes. Definitely with the variety, if, if you got five winners and then you're putting other ones in line to grow them out and they and then you got your variety, right? But yeah, but I five yeah. of them don't sell good, and five of them do, and then you got this variety of five that you're sitting on. You know, what I mean, that, like that's kind of where I'm like, I don't know, man, what what's really rocking? Let's go to that one. But with the patience, it can change every every week. I mean, yeah, there's so you. much there's so much disparity. Like you know, I've got a patient that that likes the MTG genetic thing because it's a sativa leaning citrus, but you know, they'll also fall in love with the Zookies. You know, I have a patient that, that dug the Rosetta Stone for a month straight and then found out about uh, uh, my, my, my good cut of Shiraz. And it's just like, you know, I smoke this and I'm making music again. So, you know, last year, 36 strains, I cut that down to 16 and I'm popped. I've popped another, what, 12 more, and I've picked up the Citral Glue, the Gorilla Glue from Med Grower, uh, Mimosa from Med Grower. I've got the new Primal. So, you know, I've, I've got, I'm basically back to 32 strains. I mean, there's so much diversity within, within having so many strains that you can always find something that keeps the patient kind of wowed. And a lot of times they're in a mix. Sometimes you pull out a jar, all my stuff right now that I'm still selling, you know, six, seven months here on it. And even that, is like, you know, I had this and I, I helped, you know, the patients help write the notes, you know, and then at the end of the year, I look at the analytics, I look at the notes, I look at the, the data points and, and I pick what, what stays and what goes. But 
but at, by the end of the year, you know, something that tasted like something like, I mean, tastes like something else, and you know, as that cure continues. So, but it's nice to have the option. It's really nice to have a big spread. You know, I I look through and I'm like, okay, well, I don't have enough. You know, uh, I don't have enough gas. So. So GMO crops with uh, strawberry banana from where Red Scar Genetic is another seed that I'm running right now. And uh, uh, Grease Monkey, of course, you know. So, so you know, I just try to fill the voids in places. Like I, I, I know uh, Citrus was trying to make a comeback, so I was able to get Citrus Blue off sequence. So I'm like, you know, okay, this is good. So, so I'm trying to fill in the little spots where I can so I have something – you know, I've got low-key girls and a lot of them uh, ice cream sundae because I don't have, you know, like a wedding cake or anything like that. I've got the vampire mint, you know, so I've got like the garlic, garlic breast cross now. So, so I'm trying to just fill in the holes and see how the patients respond. But yeah, like every, every week to two weeks, their, their, their needs could change. And so nutrients. Can I pause you first? Uh, yeah. Just one sec. Would I be a terrible host if I listen along and trim? Would you guys be like, oh, what a dick if I'm like trimming along and listen with an open mic? No, uh -huh. no I don't have a panel. Nutrients. I'm listening. I just, uh, you know, if I can work and listen at the same time, yeah. well, I'd be more than happy. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, I'm going to start cloning right after this. So. No, and that's kind of the way I just look at it. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, I have so many, I have so many patients that I need the variety. I also have some some plants that um, I, I that I only run into extract, or uh, my friend who who processes my stuff. He'll do a lot of uh, a lot of different different hashes from temple balls to dry sift to um, to you know you know shatter. I don't smoke any of this stuff myself. I'm a flower guy pretty much, even though I I love a good hash. Extracts are just kind of a pain in the butt, but yeah, I, I mean, I have, you know, it's just in high demand. I can't produce enough of it. It's, you know, that's the other thing too, is, you know, you give somebody 10 or 15 LBs of this and, you know, a week later, he doesn't want the same thing. He's going to want something different because they don't want to smoke the same thing for a year. You know, they want to, they really want to switch it up and they'll go to the store. If something has hype, they'll go to the store and get it now. They won't come to me, so I, I got to have it. You know, that's where the competition is. That's it, it, where, what, I, what I'm dealing with anyway. I know everybody's different. but Yeah, and now, the way I kind of handle it too is I'm usually a year behind everybody else. So when everybody had the primal, I was a year behind. Cheers, when, bro. When everybody cheers. had <laughs> Yeah, when everybody had, you know, dark plasma, I was a year behind. But let let everybody else hype it up, and then I'll continue to carry it. Yeah. And yeah. It, shit, I mean, it works. It works yeah. well. All, all the ocean grown that I've carried have been phenomenal phenos. You know, uh, the swashbuckler right now is really good. Um, the primal punch, of course, the, uh, yeah. the dark plasma, and uh, even uh, Dionysus. I've got a Dionysus oh, yeah, that huh? I've been carrying for eight months, and it's it's got a wow. mango turp to it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's I heavy that. indica too. Yeah, nerd gave that to me too. I'm a tester for that. And of course, he's 
Eagles got that Pine Valley that I've been trying to get off of XMOG, and yeah, I'm really, really, really into that because I've got nothing Pine, nothing. So yeah, yeah. I need yeah. something to fill that void too. So yeah, it's, yeah, I got a Highland like that for a while. Oh no, you're looking for like some uh, the Pine Valley's was good. It was a, uh, it's a, a piney on like why it's on the stick, you know, like right now. It'd be like a yeah. piney fuel. But as it cures, it's more like a tastes it's like a maple orange. syrup when. Oh, does it? Tastes like maple syrup when you're smoking. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. I had a, I had a pheno of weird how it changes gold. there. It's good. Yeah, yeah, same thing. I had a pheno of 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 uh, what did I say? Fader actual go breakfast maple syrup kind of flavor on me after after the cure. Good smoke too, but you know, usually ocean grown stuff is all, you know, banana, melon, mango, you know, back of the throat kind of complex. I'd say the most complex genetic still next the primal punch is incredibly complex, the the, mm-hmm. the lost leaf, you know. Uh but honestly, uh the 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 Rosetta Stone from uh Brothers Grimm, that a couple of the phenols I pulled out of that, my keeper pheno, I mean, you get that rosé and you get these complex fruits and stuff in it and the smoke is incredible. It, it, it's, a, it's a hybrid, so it won't bring you too high either way, but it's, it's, it's one of those that just gets everybody going, gets everybody hyped, and it grew really well. Um, the great thing about 2019 is, is that most of these phenols ended up uh, in the 6K, which I have another 6K HPS tent city down here with five more tents. So kind of like the Eagle setup right there, I've got back here. Then I've got the LED tents and then I got the 12K and the other 6K and then technically the Studio 3K. But um, the beauty is that I ran a lot of these phenols under different lights. So I got a lot, you know, different expression out of uh, like Floriflex and and well, I was doing a nutrient shootout, so I was doing things like emerald harvest. Uh, let's see, what, what did I do? Wait, emerald hey, what harvest. Uh, what do you think of the emerald harvest line? Uh, you know, I've ran it twice in in a, I ran it twice in a six-way shootout, and it, at best, it came in fourth. They came in behind, you know, nectar for the gods, new millennium nutrients were one and two. Um, I can't even remember all the ones that I ran. That's the guy that used to be part of the advanced category. Isn't that the guy that used to be the uh, Emerald used to be the guy that was the partner with the advanced dude, right? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. The the dude with the mustache. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. He was a big uh, advanced nutrients guy. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not overly impressed. I did green planet nutrients again. This time with the horizon because I didn't really have anything good to add to it for an additive and it helped but it still was just nothing but veg just vegetative yeah, yeah. growth everywhere so right. not really a big fan of the green planet that was the three part though um let's see what was it the first let's see one of my first shootouts was mills emerald harvest oh hurricane hydroponics i've done a lot i've done a lot so it gets kind of confusing i can't remember all yeah, the ones but, but nectar ne- nectar for the gods wasn't supposed to be nectar for the gods uh, the, the the 2019 shootout was on the back row, on the back two trays was uh was Blue Planet nutrients and Remo, and then the first shootout was supposed to be Blue Planet, but I couldn't get it because of the the flooding and the hurricanes and stuff in 2018. Oh so yeah, yeah. I couldn't get Blue Planet, 
So I said, fuck it. I'll try to run Nectar in a flood and drain. And everybody got Mammoth P. Everybody got SLF 100. Everybody got Photo Plus. And I would scrape the crud up from the tray, put it back on the top plants, and I would, you know, hand water all water in those flood and drain. And the shit came out phenomenal. It was third on yield, but it was by far the, the best quality over all of them, except for New Millennium. If you had to run a bottled new, new, New Millennium Nutrients was right behind it. And that was sub LDC cut. So that was the, the yeah. Thin Mint, the Candyland, the, the, the SFEOG, and the Bubba Kush. The, the, you know, the, the sub LDC cuts when he came to Detroit. Yeah, yeah. from them and uh wow. man that was phenomenal that was phenomenal so cool. nectar for the gods tight nugs better terpene expression just incredible incredible yeah. smoke so I'm, i remember watching the lbc when he was when he first went out there and he was turning that garden around for those guys we yeah. did you know the guys he was helping him? yeah about us i'm trimming up this is a beautiful loser i'm trimming up behind me i was just fun i seen ballas ask it in chat there what i was trimming up this beautiful loser i'm sorry go i didn't mean to be rude and jump in i was just answering no. you guys go ahead i i sorry. can't see sorry. chat so, hey chat thank you i i can't see chat because i'm on mm-hmm. the zoom but you know i just want to say thank yeah. you for hanging out my boring ass it's <laughs> a crazy night yeah yeah bro. Right. No, I appreciate you guys letting me fucking trim because I'm fucking, uh, I've been behind. <laughs> I actually hanging out every night just kind of put me a little bit behind. So this helps with guys talking and whatnot. So nutrient shootouts, have you uh, heard about the 24 uh, hour thing? I know you kind of raised your hand if you will on the pop in. What are your thoughts oh, yeah. about what we're trying to do? That's kind of why I'm here to Charlie. make sure this is going to work. I mean, this is my DSL line, and it is not fast. So if it's good enough for a stream, then I guess I'll be able to do the 24-hour, but I had to prove it first. So, Yeah, the 240-volt thing, too. Like my, oh, yeah, it's going to be fun. My problem oh, is kind of kind of with yours with the, 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 the power issue and the, and the, car, and the uh, air conditioning is, is my barn. I can't, I can't add ac to it as of yet i still have to get another buried line and dedicated 200 amp service and probably after where i have a i have a nice garden all my root balls and stuff from all the grows go behind the barn so i've literally got like this much thick of like promix and cocoa behind the barn and it grows incredible uh veggies and stuff but uh probably gonna have to pour that into a slab and put a bunch of split ac you know units back there because eventually i do want to uh close everything up and and uh, and finally switch over to CO two in that room. So, but yeah, I was referring to the twenty four hour marathon on uh, four twenty that we're doing yeah. here on the channel. Oh yeah, no, I know. Two thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I'm down. Yeah. We'll have to talk about a time, but yeah, we'll right, have to figure cool. out a time. Smiling. What's up, man? I'm just getting started. What's up, Smiley? How you doing? Good, man. I'm just been, I'm tired. I'm about ready for bed. Just smoked my last one before bed. What you doing today? Uh, did you work in the garden? Did you fucking, how was your day, brother? It's good. I was just spent the last, uh, I guess, before I got on, but I was uh, lollipopping and trimming it 
Monroe. It took me, I don't know, three, four hours, something like that. Crawling around, it's fun. But it's gotta be done. It's never it's never fun crawling around, brother. It's do you run that scrog. That's another thing I don't like about the scrog there is you got that crawling around. When it comes time to doing that underwork, it's not pretty, man. You gotta get under there and work to clean up that undercarriage. It's never easy in them scrogs to do that cleaning, especially if you uh you haven't let trimmed them up as they they grew up into that net man you can get a mess mid flower under there trying to get up some of that bullshit it could be work crawling through there yeah it is, the it is handy to be able to strong. it is handy to be able to switch them around i just i don't know i don't want to lose my eyes on a freaking bamboo either so there's pluses and minuses either way it's just it's just the style that i've kind of migrated to and and I used to do the bamboo. Originally, I started out that idea as I was just going to kind of loop around like a tomato cage, so to speak, you know. And I had no idea I was starting out. And the way the room ends up and the way they veg, I can get a nice, nice bush and I can fit, you know, four nice sized plants filling a scrog and have one light rocket out. So it's just how I might. So at least I. Do you do the four by fours where you can kind of walk around it? You got a more open room. You're not intense where you can at least get arms reach in there and work a little bit, right? Yeah, they're uh, connected. So there's like four of them right in a row. So, But yeah, I mean, you, for the most part, I can get around them easy enough. It's just a little bit of crawling around. Keeps me flexible. <laughs> Got to stretch and work out. It does burn your shoulders a little bit when you're getting in there, but when I'm, so I don't even scrog them until I flip them to flower. So, you know, that, that whole transition is kind of like, you know, one, one long project, I guess, but you know, you kind of trim them up to fit them in the scrog and you kind of, you know I mean? It's kind of a, a thing, I guess. I don't know. It's just, have you ran tomato cages like a boom farm chief says he runs? I know I have, and I've always just, you know, propped them up with. I like the steel stakes now, the coated plastic, you know, steel cord. I like them. I'm like, they're so fucking expensive to slowly weed out that bamboo. It's hard to, you know, weed out that bamboo for, you know, two pack of steaks when you can get like 12 good, you know, bamboo steaks and you're only paying six bucks for the two. It's hard. I know I should be ditching this bamboo, but uh, God damn it, I need 12. <laughs> so I've been slowly trying to get rid of them, but it's, uh, a, a, it's a fucking transition. I haven't tried the tomato cages, and I don't know why. I think I've just, uh, I don't know why I haven't tried the tomato cages. Have you ran them? Has anybody ran the tomato cages? No. Um. I did at one point early on. A long time, but in the old 4K. Oh. Yeah, but um, I think if anything, I would build like an individual Scrog for, you know, I mean, for like a number 15 pot or a number 10 pot. You could even, like, instead of the tomato cage, you could do the same thing with just putting putting your bamboo and then running tying them, bracing them together. 
Yeah, I've, I've made my own fucking straws many a times. So I fucking weaved one out. Oh, I need one here, need one there. Kind of working on one back there right now. <laughs> so like, out of control. I'm not running the lower trellis like the first trellis they put. I put them into. I'm squishing them and bending them and putting them and you know what I mean like it's a good eight inches that that plant you know has to bend down to get into that scrog. So there's quite a bit of work of weaving in and out, and that that's what I use as a way to train them or whatever. And then after, you know, the second or third week, they're going to start all those tops turn up. And then the top, top one, I do run as a trellis then to support all those colas. But the bottom one, I'm basically using to spread out the number of tops I'm going to have. So when I go in and I'm like lollipop or prune them, that's kind of what I'm doing. Some I remove leaves and try to get as many tops as I can going up. So. Since you uh, guys run the scrogs like that, and did you uh, did either one of you guys or I do I know what you're talking about, and uh, we had talked did, about yeah. What did she uh... she she was saying like a week and a half, two weeks in after she did a little bit of deleafing, she went in there and she was uh, pretty much a uh, super cropping during uh, by bud sites. To go in there and snap the, the stem a little bit along the whole way, and she said it, it dramatically increased bud size. So I'm interested to play with that tech a little mm. bit. Uh, anybody else's thoughts on that? It'd be nice if you could rig up like two thumbtacks that you could just roll off the, the stem or something like that. But yeah, I mean, if it works, I. You know, you can't fault it. It seems a pretty labor intensive, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, monster. But so is the scrog itself. I mean, realistically, so is the scrog itself. Yeah, I mean, if you're just snapping them and folding them over, it's pretty. It go. It can go pretty quick, but you don't want to just break. I think she wasn't even saying that. I think she was talking about as they were the the scrog was already weaved. She was just going in there like before a bud site and kind of reaching in there and just kind of with her fingers like kind of kinking that stock, you know, right before the bud site. So she wasn't going back in there necessarily, you know, kinking them and folding them over and tucking them. She was reworking the scrog right by what were going to be bud sites and just kind of, you know, just barely bending and snapping and uh, creating a knuckle right there. Every time you create a knuckle, you've uh, limited the backflow of nutrients. You're kind of pushing things further and further and further and not letting it allow to come back down. So you're kind of pushing, you know what I'm saying? So if you're making like, I can almost see that to be like a fucking ladder effect. I'm kind of really interested in uh, fucking around with this. I mean, she really sparked my curiosity on this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. So, I don't think one of the really neat bought. things to bring uh, pardon me, smiling. As I said, I don't think it really works that way though, where it blocks the nutrient from coming back down. But it does build building well, that knuckle does increase the carbon density right there, and it increases the sugar availability, I believe. So where there's a higher content, but it does limit. It doesn't completely block it up, but it does block a lot of the flow back down through the stem. 
Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't want to talk too much shit here. Please correct. If I'm not, correct me here, Smiley, please. No, I, please. I don't know for sure. I just, in my mind, I don't think it, it flows up and down. I mean, there's certain ones that are mobile like that, but, you know, like calcium is, for example, is not mobile, so it's not going to flow up and down like like that, so to speak. It's just my mind's eye on it, I guess. I kind of, I had this discussion with a friend too, cause he, um, so there was a, you know, the thicker stems when he cut them and, and he was, it was, his was really hollow and he was like, dude, this thing's like really drinking a lot. And I'm like, what, but a hollow stem means that's a, that's a deficiency. Like it's not, it doesn't mean that it's really working well, you know, like you got something going on there. So like the mind, you know, like the mindset was that it's sucking it up from the soil, you know, but it's not necessarily how the plant is taking things up from the soil, to my understanding and what I've learned about it. I, guess. I don't know. I've don't always found strains that had them hollow strains to be like one of my better and stronger strains. I don't know. Just yeah. I don't know, personal experience. Boom Parm's saying here in chat, he's saying with each pop of the node, you get oxygens working for you, so I mean that was a little bit of fucking. Something I do know. It, I do know it works, and I do know that when you get a knuckle like that, I mean it does. It does give you a bigger yield. So I mean, if you're going to take the time to go through, it's just a. It is a time-consuming thing to go through and do. So. In fact, you know, and like I guess I got a little something like right here. You know, I I would say. I wouldn't even be going in there. I'd just be like, you know, taking that and just like kind of just that. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of kinking it and bending it a little bit in between. Turn on studio light. Because you really don't want to, you really don't want it to snap and like bust the skin out. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you can, if you get in there too rough with them, it's, there's a technique to it. There's, you know, and it takes practice like anything. So if that's the technique you want to try, just try it on and see what it does. Yeah, we've used. I'm, I'm laughing at you, Smiley, just because you know, as far as you know, everybody's got their technical place and everything. I'm not saying there's no right or wrong way or whatever. I'm just talking. Yeah, he, I've done that as well, right there. But I've yeah, been pretty brutal. I mean, it's with one these thing to do right over time. Yeah, and it's one there's, thing. To I've got buds in here. I, I have no problems in manipulating them things and cross and stress at any point. I'm a firm believer. And again, bro science, call it whatever the fuck you want. I call it years of experience fucking growing weed. But stress to me has made nice, fat, juicy, trichome fucking buds every time I, I manipulate. I might be setting that plant back a little bit in uh, my calendar days. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's going to obviously have to recover from the damage I've done to right. it. But uh, it's always been, you know, I've ne- oh, yeah. never seen a huge negative. I'm not, and again, I'm not talking about going right. in there, snapping branches, but uh, I'm not afraid to go in there and manipulate them plants at all, at all, at any phase. You know, it's all a science project to me. You know, 15 years of growing, I'm still fucking working on shit. And I, I like that, like I said, this technique right here, never heard of it. 
Will I try it? Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Ask me in about fucking two months now like, how it worked out because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to implement it. Mm-hmm. In the garden, you know what I'm saying? I, it interests me, so I'm going to fucking try it. It's, you uh, you uh, must not be watching the Frugal Force because we talked about this on there. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. You know, I, and I don't feel bad. I can honestly say they're not tuning into my channel 100%. And I do catch a few before occasionally. Uh, even more so since I met Smiley Gardens and have him on. I decided to tune in. It was a bit of more of a draw. So there, Smiley, I have been tuning in a little bit more. But, you know, there's only so many times in the day, and uh, fair is fair. I understand that they got shit to do too, and they're not catching every episode of that. I know, man. It's hard. You make it hard, man. (laughs) Three hour episodes every night. It's like, dude, you get behind. Five hour. (laughs) Right? It's like trying to keep up with a police series or something. We're talking, we're getting three hours and 41 minutes right now on, on this in particular episode. Getting pr- I'm just getting pried up for this fucking marathon smile. You got me all yeah, right? up for it. You got to warm up like a runner. Yeah, fucking the runner for the marathon. They do like three that week before it. Crazy. That freeze up last night had me fucking, it's got me terrified. I got to make sure and uh, try to fucking fix whatever the fuck went wrong last night, man. Zoom's been tripping out on me. Abala said that uh, if you were watching last night, uh, my shit went out of control, man. Somebody hacked into mm, the Zoom. I thought, I thought, or I don't, I don't know if it's I've seen it the hardware or what's going on. I've seen you it. You know what was really weird about that is Zoom fucking went crazy, and I, I've got this phone right here plugged in, and I have it mounted so I can like keep up, and keep one eye on chat, and fucking interact with the thumb. You know what I'm saying? A little behind the scenes shit here, but that shit went crazy. And this phone that was plugged in at 100% restarted at the same time, all that shit. It was fucking, it was weird. It was super weird. Yeah, something's going on. But what happened, though, Albalas dropped out, and then he texted me in chat. He said, you know, I've never had this. He said, maybe somebody is fucking with your Zoom because I got kicked out, and I couldn't access my internet for like 10 minutes after the fact, after I got through out of there, so I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm scared as fuck for this marathon here to uh, <laughs> clicks and whistles and shit that I'm going to be able to pull it off without a without a hitch. You do well, keep actually, too. I've got some questions for you, Eagle, so who is your internet provider? And do you know what your line speed is? Like, have you done like speakeasy.net forward slash speed test or any other? Oh, it's terrible. Terrible. It was, I'm only supposed to have like three megs and it's fucking, uh, I tested out for like four. Yeah, I just, he just came out and gave me a new modem and everything. He's like, yeah, you know, you're supposed to have this speed. It's fucking terrible. It's terrible. I need yeah. a new internet provider terribly bad. So, yeah, that's I'm, part I'm, of it. That doesn't... I'm a... Do you know what Go the ahead. upstream was, though? Uh, I don't. Like, it was probably low. half a meg. 
probably not yeah, even half yeah, a meg. It's like point yeah. seven six something like that. That's a little better than me. Yeah, I'm basically frontier, and I've got the same problem, about the same speed issues. So there's a there's a few different tweaks that can be done to the computer to basically try to match the, the basic packet size to the line speed. It definitely does help a lot because it it disallows small packets from sending a million packets and trying to give acknowledgement responses and just you know raising latency um but yeah there's a, there's a few te- tweaks i could probably remote in and help you with on that um to get this running a lot smoother so appreciate that because i'm afraid that it's yeah. gonna freeze up that's kind of the, one of the reasons too i decided to limit the number to three uh through that yeah. day kind of ease my my system and my internet speed a little bit and I kind of figured it would help smooth. That's kind of the, the idea. It's just going to be in groups of three. And we're going to stagger, you know, somebody, like say, you and Smiley be talking for a little while. And then I might, or say me and Smiley, and then you will come in midway, you know, through the conversation. Yeah, alternatively, you might, you might want to have somebody else host it, somebody on fiber, somebody else with a good good line you might want to have them host it that way you yourself are sending your data up and it's not coming in and having to go out so that might be another kind of better way that we can kind of guarantee it'll stay up um, we'll talk about that probably privately so yeah that's something you want to make sure it's got to stay up right yeah, for sure <laughs> worst comes to worst i'll uh I've got a, I could call in a favor. He's got good internet. I could go hang out there for 24 hours. It'd just be a different change of scenery on my end, but it'd still work. We'll yeah, I'm see. trying to get I'll get it figured out. I'm trying to get fiber ran out here, but it's it's about, I mean, I'm 20,000 feet to, to the slam in town. I had to beg and beg just to get this DSL line. So to get fiber, it's probably going to cost me around 10 grand. But honestly, it'll be worth it with all that I, I do. I'll be able to finally bring my servers home, and it'll be nice. But, yeah, because this just doesn't really cut it. I mean, it's, I guess it's working tonight, but, I mean, I have websites that I host here that haven't seen daylight in years because there's just not enough bandwidth. So, And on the super cropping thing, um, I remember, I know I kind of mentioned this in chat uh, a couple days ago, but you know how subcool you can take the leaf blower to his plants like every night. And he would just leave blow his plants and just blow the shit out of them and really stress them out and stretch them out. And it's a form of super cropping. And I think it did work. Um, I myself did a little bit more tucking in flower than I'm usually used to. I uh, did a lot more tucking to the first trellis in veg and uh and in the past um you know when when plants have become tall and unruly and i need to even them out i've taken the hedge trimmer to them and cut them right down and my god they love it especially in that that picture i shared a little bit ago in that 6k under the metal halides they absolutely love it that was nikki in the back of that picture and she was just cleaning up some of the lowers about a week and a half after one of the cannabis cups in like 2017 
and the plants were unruly. The Bubba Kush was much taller. And we, I literally fired up the steel hedge trimmer, you know, with like a three foot bar and just chopped it, cleaned it up real quick. And we headed to the cannabis cup and the plants love it. I mean, they love it. They were just little bushes and tons of nodes and just incredible. That was that sub LBC cut run. And that was an incredible run. So any form of, of super crop, I'll do a lot of crazy shit in veg. I won't do a lot of stuff in flowers. I don't really like the idea of leaf strips. I don't, I don't understand how your leaf, leaves that are photosynthesizing are making glucose. And without that glucose, how are you feeding your buds? So I'm not big on leaf oh, stripping. Yeah. My room is, is, is a little different with all the cross lighting. So I can get away with leaving a lot of plant material, having taller plants kind of like that and getting that light penetration in there and getting large nugs all the way down. So it's, it's, it's a little different, you know, but yeah, I don't think leaf strips really do, do me any good, but definitely lollipopping. We, we did good lollipopping the last two, six, six way shoes okay. out and, uh, had to Especially in beds here. I love being in a garden. <laughs> Especially in beds here. You know, when I talk about leaf strip in here, I'm talking about, you know, as I look over this plant, you know, we, we see this one's, you know, smaller, right? Smaller, right? Mm -hmm. This big bitch here, gotta go. At this point, this is bigger than the rest, and this one's using up more energy than the rest. Right. This one here, it's gotta go. It's not, you know, it's using more energy to maintain this big old leaf than it, I believe it's actually catching at that point. When I've snapped these off, these little ones will explode and make up within right. a day the little bit of damage I've taken off here. And I've let more light come in. Right. So I right. really believe. No, I, know, I get LED that. I will completely I'll definitely do, I'll definitely do the lollipopping, that for sure. Like, you know, you get down there a foot below the lower trellis, and, you know, I'm still talking, I've got three foot worth of growth canopy that the light is getting at least 400 ppm all the way up to 1,000 ppfd. So, um, stripping. I, I just don't get it. Like, all these guys, they, they do it. They take off the bigger leaves. And then they got all these nice little ones that grow right back. Well, I'm like, okay, I thought the idea was to put the energy into the bud. And here you are growing more smaller leaves. And so I, I, I just Again, don't. even I don't at that. Uh, okay. And then at, at I mean, flower, I do it again. In and certain I, areas. I see the type of nugs that they produce and they're those smaller, tighter. Yeah, I'm not really doing the uppers like yeah, you can see. Out, like. You can see these are pretty small nugs behind me, brother. Small, yeah. small shit. No, they're not. No, they're not <laughs> small at all. I get that, and that's that's another beauty of HPS. When you got an HPS light that's practically dumping 1600 ppf. That came you know, out of LED. And a thousand at the main canopy. Oh, under LED. Well, still. Still, that you're probably pushing out of a thousand. LED. Yeah, when you've got the uh, canopy penetration, six. you can deal with a little bit more penetration, a little bit more deeper into the canopy with the less leaf. See, when I go in there and I de-leaf, everywhere there's a branch. And, uh, I see. see a lot of people who leaf strip. Their average nugs are low 
smaller than the When I go in and do my leaf strip, even at a butt area, that week, first week, week or so, yeah, I'll but I'm talking about where this forward. branch meets this, right. where this meets the main stem, anywhere right. or something like that. I got this big old, or this, in this case, it's not huge. But I'm talking about in flower. I'm going to go snap that off. Gone. You know why I did, just did yeah. that? It's because yeah. this branch right here, I don't want to worry about this branch taking off and getting any bigger. Because that leaf I just popped off right there is supplying energy for this branch to make this grow big. Right. I don't give a shit if this gets any bigger in flower. I want all these along the way to put energy in them buds. I don't want that one right there or this one to go in into this branch, making this branch any longer. Same thing, if there's one right next to a bud site, I'm gonna leave that. But if there's another branch taken off this way, I'm gonna pull that one off there. All through that, and, and that's my uh, week two process and deletion. I won't touch that thing again unless there's yep. a uh, leaf blocking a bud site, then that one will have to go. And then I won't touch that thing again until, uh, you know, about week eight. You know, a week before I go to harvest that thing, I'll go and completely strip that thing. Every fan leaf off that thing. It not only, uh, it not only speeds up my harvest time. This one was lazy because I've just been so busy doing yeah, this shit. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I haven't I, had honestly, time to get in my tents like I should have. Yeah. But I, uh, I it like speeds it up and it helps flatten them buds up some. I so, know. I, and I see how it works under LED. I see a lot of growers get good benefits from it for sure. Um, but I do feel like a lot of the leaf strip is just so people can have all those leaves pretty much gone at harvest. Any so buds. They pretty much can just snip, snip, snip and and go right into dry, so. I don't know, I do, I do yeah. you see, you see them big old donkey dicks that uh, the primal punch grew back there? Oh yeah, totally oh, just wait, dude. And things were like. I wish I could I show you the old photos. I had that Scarlet Queen under one of the 6K tents back here under HPS that literally was what, like two and a half foot tall cola. It was like four inches wide all the way up. The thing was monstrous. It's so good, I bought another pack. So. I can throw bug pictures up all day, too, brother. I know, right? Three fake fucking donkey dicks. <laughs> all over the place, man. Anyway, I'm I done with this pissing contest. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's it going on? Let's fucking talk to... Let's talk some positive shit. Hell yeah. How's everybody doing? What's anybody, uh... I'm actually going to get ready. What's that, sir? I'm going to bust out, man. I got to get head in the bed. I'm sleepy. <laughs> I'm going to pass out otherwise. Yeah, that's a good place to pull this. I appreciate you guys popping in. I got some work to do. Bunch of trimming, bunch of cleaning. You guys have a good night. Charlie, thank you for popping in. Nutrients, huge outs. Thanks for popping in. Smiley, idea man. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow. You guys have a great day. Everybody that's in chat, uh, appreciate you guys for popping in. Still 24 of you guys cool watching tonight. Appreciate you guys. We'll be here tomorrow with sonsanddaughters.org. They'll be talking about their charity event. And, uh, yeah, 
tune in for that. And of course, the late sesh. You guys have a great night, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody, peace.